Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning. Good. Good, good. Good, 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 good morning. I don't know which camera I'm on. Does it matter? This one? Hi, people. Good morning, everybody. Good morning this morning. From the Discovery Design Studios, it's Radio Free Omen. Oh man, did you see what happened while you were sleeping? I don't know, you might not have been sleeping while this was happening. I don't know, you might have been sleeping, you might not have been sleeping, but Donald Trump basically told Theresa May to buzz off, said, hey, come on now, you're killing Brexit. Ruining Brexit. You're destroying Brexit, so trade deals off. Hang on. Yeah, so anyway, uh, President Trump was like, you know, hey, listen, I'm done with this. You killed off Brexit. It's about time. And really, in the end, I think ultimately shocked, shocked the world. And good for President Trump. And so we'll get to that in a second. My immediate uh, concern, my immediate other concern was this Peter Strzok hearing yesterday. This was just uh, unbelievable, people. I mean, this was one of those things where – uh, it was an embarrassment to the FBI. Where my headphones? My, my for once, my headphones are. Uh, it was an embarrassment to the FBI. It was a unbelievable situation where Peter struck with this just this obnoxious look on his face and this 
this, it just was so embarrassing as to be, is, is the stream on, by the way, man? I'm just, uh, uh, okay, I'm not seeing any, uh, any lights or anything on in here, so is the, uh, is the, uh, I'm not seeing a bar, I'm not seeing bars. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, uh, we, we gotta get the stream back on so you all can hear it, um, and, and make sure you, you can, so, uh, get, and get the, get the stream on. Yeah, coming, coming through loud and clear on the Facebook page. So, uh, what we're going to be doing is, uh, is ultimately for the, for the next, um, oh, week and a half or so, I will be, uh, in Italy and I'll be taking off, uh, to Italy and leaving on Saturday tomorrow and then wandering in to, uh, uh, Italy and taking off there. It's not, not, thanks. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and so we'll be, uh, we'll be, uh, I'll be gone for a week and a half and that's when, uh, we will be, uh, doing things and, and we'll be dark, completely dark. I'm really worried about the stream not being on either. Uh, I just want to make sure we can, we can log in so that, so that the actual uh, app is working and the stream is going. So, uh, we can, uh, we can get things together here and make sure you guys are getting what you need out of the Radio Free Almond product, for crying out loud, so the actual thing is on. Uh, in the meantime, so yeah, I'll be uh, taking off. I will be leaving St. Louis, going to Detroit, then Detroit to Paris, then Paris to Florence, and then I'm on the way. It is my uh, lovely in-law's 50th wedding anniversary, and so that's going to be a ton of fun, and the whole family's already over there, so I'm going solo and then we'll be off the air here at Radio Free Almond. I'll be doing Facebook Lives, though, from Italy. And I do know that ultimately the time zone difference is going to make a difference. So right now, let's say it's 6 o'clock. What is it, like noon or 1 over there, uh, I think? Uh, noon or 1? Yeah. What is it, 6 hours ahead? I know England's 6 hours, so Italy might be here, let 7. Me, let, me, let, me, let me check in with my... Uh, my 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 Facebook crowd here. See what see what uh, you all tell me. I should know that. By, I should I should have I should have done been already uh, knowing what's going on. But I guess but I guess I didn't I, I didn't I didn't check that part of the uh, the equation off. But I think it's like I think there's six hours ahead. I can't remember for crying out loud. Here, let's see. It's. A little after one in Paris. Okay, so it's so it's so seven hours ahead, and it's a little after noon in London. Okay, okay, so so we're seven hours ahead. Are you sure we're not maybe even at that, that point? Then eight hours ahead. Let me see. Time zone, uh, Paris one oh seven. So yeah, we're seven hours. I think we're seven hours ahead. I think that ought to. I think that ought to do it. But I'll uh, I'll get you guys up here so I can talk to you as well. So anyway, the, the actual stream itself will be uh, will be dark. Is the stream still off? Yeah, it's coming up right now. I had to wait for Windows to finish booting up. Okay, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll get going uh, with that. So we've got seven hours ahead, and then so what I'll do is I'll have to do a situation where we have uh, yeah, I'm Ethan. We're we're handling that right now. We're getting back on. We're trying to get the app 
uh, moving. Some of you listen both on the app as well as on the on the Facebook stream. So uh, we are now up and running on the app for all of you, the Radio Free Elman app. So spread it around, people, and let her know. When's the World Cup? Well, exactly. We, it's going on right now. I mean, the final's going to be tomorrow? Sunday. Sunday. Oh, it's I think gonna it's going to be crazy. Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be crazy in Europe. You're yeah. going to be a lot of partying people. Well, wait a minute, though. It, it's going to be crazy. It's, it's interesting how uh, – and did you all notice this at all, that – in the that nationalism seems to be really a cool thing, except when the Americans do it. Right? I isn't that isn't that interesting? It's one thing I've, I've discovered about the World Cup that I find very interesting is that it's okay to wave flags around and to wear the colors of your country and to actually even fight over the superiority of your country, but for some reason. When Americans do it, the rest of the world doesn't like it. I don't understand that. I haven't been able to figure that out yet. But apparently, if you're American and you're gung-ho on your country, you suck. <laughs> but if you're Croatian, you're A-OK. You're top three, pal. Or French or whatever it happens German. to be. It's like, oh, oh, this is cool. We're wearing all the colors of, of our country, but... Just remember that. I hope you guys know. Those are, those are the world rules right now is Americans shall not be proud of their country and everybody else can, just so you know. We're nationalists and we're separatists. They have pride. Just as long as you know that, Jamie, we're okay. Well, don't you all go having pride now. Anyway, President Trump apparently now. I, I saw that it was the tale of two the tale of two headlines. In fact, I'll put them up in the Facebook page. I saw the two headlines in the uh, in the Wall Street Journal, and I can't remember which other one it was. But I will show you the headlines that I saw yesterday, uh, and and it was pretty interesting to see them both together. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to edit this photo because uh, before I load it up for you, because it was a very interesting photo that was uh, showing the two differing views of what President Trump uh, was doing out there. And I will show you what I did. I I took the two headlines and did two separate ones, but I have to edit them and get them to be where you can read them. So the Post-Dispatch had a headline that said, Trump blasts NATO. And the Wall Street Journal had a headline that said, Trump presses NATO on defense. So where do you think that stands when it comes to the Post-Dispatch versus the Wall Street Journal? Clearly, the Post-Dispatch has aggression towards the United States of America when they actually take a stand. And the Wall Street Journal takes the position of the United States and just says, well, they press NATO. It's a lot different than, than pressing as opposed to blasting. I was and, shocked. And, and of course, the Post Dispatch believes that if you dare say anything negative in any way, shape, or form about NATO, that that becomes a uh, big ass deal for them, and you shall not criticize NATO. So we've got that going for us, and we also and I'll put those pictures up on the in the, in the Facebook stream, and then we also have the news this morning that we uh, that President Trump basically has said, hey, uh, we're not going to accept your baloney anymore. You have ruined Brexit, and that's what it's all going to boil down to. 
I'm getting past the past the commercial here. It's an interesting little concept here. It's a restaurant delivery service that gives you forks, knives, spoons, you name it, and they'll send it to you in a couple of days. Pretty cool. I could skip the ad, though. I shouldn't get all blathered up about it. But, yeah, while while this was going on, uh, we had... Uh, well, qu- if they do a deal like that, it will most likely, because we'll be dealing with the uh, European Union instead of dealing with the U.K., so it will probably kill the deal with... If they do that, their, their trade deal with the U.S. Is, will probably not be made. I mean, that's a pretty big-ass deal when you have the President of the United States telling the U.K. that... We're not going to be trading with you anymore. We are going to be done with you, and we're just going to deal with the European Union. How's the app doing, by the way? Is the app uh, still on? Okay, I'm not seeing any. I'm not seeing any bars or anything uh, like that. I'm, I'm just seeing a blue screen. So I want to make sure my app people are taken care of uh, over there, and and make sure that the the app is on for them. Just want to make sure that that's it is okay. I, I'm, I don't know what I'm seeing over there, but I'm not seeing. Uh, the indication that it's that it's actually on, so I just want to make sure. Uh, okay, there we go. McAfee. Yeah, what? Oh, it's a what? Expired uh, antivirus. Oh, antivirus. It's it's a Windows machine we were running the app on. So, boy, people, I'll tell you, sometimes this thing gets very very complicated. So, thank you for uh, sticking with us. So, no, the uh, the president's basically saying, hey, listen, if she's not going to honor Brexit, which was uh, what the UK did as an independence move. Then he's not going to deal with them. If they're if they're going to go backwards in time, then the 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 actual deal is off. The bigger news yesterday. First of all, we also have this situation regarding this Stormy Daniels arrest. Now, as much as you might think negatively about Stormy Daniels, this arrest of her at this strip club was a sham. It was way overreached, and now the police say they made a mistake. I don't know whether you heard about that story with her and. Uh, Stormy Daniels at a, at a, it was basically a, a setup job, and it was they went to a strip club and she did what strippers do, and then was essentially arrested. I'm wondering, just you telling me now, if her own publicist would even set that up just for TMZ to be there and give her her and continue her 15 minutes of crap. I, I, you know, I I really don't know. I, I wouldn't put it past it. Uh, but but it's it's that's that's actually not the case because the, the the police are the ones who are saying that they're the ones who set it up and it was they were all at the strip club and then they arrested her. She was putting her breasts in people's faces, which is what strippers do with these things. They and do. They wound up arresting her. Mm. Also yesterday this was the thing that in my opinion, made the biggest news and was the biggest annoyance is this horrible person, Peter Strzok, and he is such an arrogant piece of crap, this FBI agent, and the fact that he's even still receiving any of our tax dollars is unbelievable. But did you see all this that went down yesterday? And I, First of all, I'll go to the five because I think they kind of they – nailed it in terms of how it all looked as a as a kangaroo court per se but struck was the one i think he thought that when he went out there he was going to be like the cat's pajamas that he if as long as he made 
a significant stand, as long as he took a stand and acted like he was, you know, have you no decency, sir, and then pulled all that kind of crap, that Americans would somehow be behind him. But the fact of the matter is it was an embarrassment for the United States, an embarrassment for the FBI, and a really good day for people like uh, our friend Trey Gowdy, who really was uh, was great with him and didn't put up with any of his officious crap. Uh, and here's how here's how the five saw it. It was really pr- uh, pretty interesting. That was too. a marathon today, Greg. Very contentious. I felt like I was unemployed on the sofa watching eight non back to back episodes of Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's like Parliament without the wigs. And it, and it, it, or the humor. It, it's either a new low or a new high. I don't know what it is, but I call it a clown show. But clowns are sexier. This is this whole event reveals how little wisdom there is in this world. There's so much noise, so little wisdom. Those are all smart people. They're not dumb people. But the environment, the politics, and the spotlight turns everybody into idiots. And I say all of them. So, I don't just say Strzok. By the way, Strzok, we're never going to get to the truth because he has 30 lawyers there, 30 Democrat senators are there who are white knighting. Every time you want to get to the truth, they jump in front of him to take the bullet. And it's like, they're not helping him. No. Yeah, and that was what happened a lot. Whenever the questioning got kind of tough on Strzok, all the Democrat traitors intervened and tried to protect him from tough questions. And it was embarrassing. And Father Miller, you're right. Father Tom, he says that Strzok was creepy. And, man, he really did come across that way. He came across as a really super edgy, super weird, super screwed up guy. And... I loved how Gowdy had a piece of him, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, the Five's analysis was pretty darn interesting. Helping him, his smirk drives me crazy. I just want to pull my hair out and scream and get wasted. I think you just <laughs> described how pretty much everyone watching feels. Oh, it's just it was. You have your finger on the pulse of America. I right? have the finger on the pulse of something. <laughs> something. Yeah, and for someone that has a nice smirk, his smirk definitely bothered me as well. Dana, um, <laughs> you do. You, you're, you're smirk brothers. Dana, um, I know you've been glued to the TV all Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Do you sure. think? <laughs> do you think the members of Congress uh, on the Republican side landed any solid blows today on Peter Strzok that kind of um, shed light on any of his activities? This smirk definitely bothered me as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it was it was really just embarrassing for the FBI and for this country. And I got to tell you that in the end. Struck really thought, I'm sure, that he was the, the 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 cat's pajamas. I think he thought that if he went in there and just behaved like he was some kind of righteous, indignant guy, that he Being would get through it. And he so. wound up not getting through it, as I'll play for you in just a sec, because I got to tell you, it was great. Trey Gowdy was amazing. Check this out. Hold on, let me just get it up here. Of your text, he kicked you off because of some appearance that he was worried about. My testimony, what you asked and what I responded to was that he kicked me off because of my bias. I'm stating to you it is not my understanding that he kicked me off because of any bias, that it was done based on the appearance. If you want to represent what you said accurately, I'm happy to answer that question, but I don't appreciate 
what was originally said being changed. I don't give a damn what you appreciate, Agent Strzok. I don't appreciate having an FBI agent with an unprecedented level of animus working on two major investigations during 2016. Yeah, good, good, good for him. And Strzok, man, if it if it didn't if it didn't if it didn't make you absolutely just despise the swamp, Peter Strzok absolutely did. Um, it was alarming to me how much he didn't know. How could someone, as Trey pointed out in the hearing yesterday, you, you can't remember what you did the first day in your first <laughs> interview of your first investigation? You can't give me a yes or no? You can't count up to five? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's what's so funny is because uh, when when it came time to talk about what exactly they were they were trying to – convey the news media ultimately treated struck as a hero that's really how they wanted to kind of couch this as I, i've never it's so interesting to watch all the left as a bunch of deep state holster sniffing slaves to these masters down there uh in the fbi and and in the uh, the deep state, the former CAA guys, Brennan was out there and Clapper was out there all talking about how just absolutely amazing and wonderful that Peter Strzok actually is. And the reality is this guy is a liar, first of all. He hated Donald Trump, second of all. And he did talk about how at some point he regretted in one way, shape or form how this whole thing went down. But the fact of the matter is ABC, like, for instance, here's a story where they basically were Good evening, and it's great to have you with like us here a hero. on a very busy Thursday night. And we begin with the fireworks on Capitol Hill unfolding on live TV. At times, this was uncomfortable to watch. The state of politics today, as an FBI agent tried to defend himself and his text messages about then-candidate Donald Trump, some lawmaker... Yeah, and this was how ABC essentially covered the story and talked about Strzok being a semi-hero, kind of like a folk hero, when the fact of the matter is he was part of this investigation. Nine of the 15, 16 investigators there, uh, nine of them were individuals who gave money to Democrats or to Hillary Clinton. How can ABC, they launched their... 50-year-old brand nightly newscast with an editorial. Poor FBI agent just trying to defend himself. You know, I've never actually heard I, – I didn't hear of David Muir until until then I, I, when, when he became the anchor. I mean normally these guys all kind of pay their dues and do their thing. But I had never heard of David Muir until he became the anchor of ABC News and – I don't think the guy really paid his dues, and they have become stridently anti-Trump. I mean, and you're right, beginning that newscast with the with a an editorial, just unbelievable. So we're going to come back. We're here at the Discovery Design United Studio. Without Academy, further ado, United ladies States and gentlemen, our national anthem, and this is the uh, these these guys are called the Academy Choirs, and this is. Pretty darn groovy when you get right down to it and when you uh, listen to it in all of its full-blown glory, people. It's Radio Free Allman live from the Discovery Design Studios. United States Air Force Academy. 
the United States Military Academy at West Point, the United States Coast Guard Academy, and accompanied by the United States Army Herald Trumpets. Control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Yes, we are live here from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Going to talk a little bit over this before they pull us off. Because they like to do that. Good morning this morning. Uh, yes, I hope you look at the Facebook page because I have a couple of announcements. First of all, my relationship with 
Rick and Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com, the real estate guys. I have my phone number up there on the Facebook pages. My personal one and private one, I'm in public one. And you guys could go ahead and call me if you want to buy or sell a home, and I'll get you automatically hooked up with Rick and Tracy. They'll personally handle the sale of your house, and they're really good at what they do. So you check that out. Also, a bunch of pics from Santino Cigars and Cocktails there on Vogel Road in Arnold, and really a beautiful place and I put all the pictures up from inside of Santino's gotta get that uh, that that light up at some point I'll tell you what uh, unplug the leg lamp will you Stevie and and, and just plug in the uh, Santino's lamp what's that what'd you say oh it does okay Oh, uh, telling Matt's telling me that you can't. If I light it up, it'll blow out the rest of the lighting for all of you. So, oh well. When we get into the new digs, we'll have the thing lit up though appropriately, because it still has to be lit up, in my opinion. Gifted to be my by Mike Marino. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, the pictures are great. You see him. No, I not. It really is a beautiful place. It's it's not like, and you know cigar bars, right? So oh, yeah. A lot of them are kind of um, kind of kind of dark and, and not so, you know. And, and they're nice, but some of them seemingly are dark, dungeony, and they don't seem to have a happy, festive type of uh, type of atmosphere. No vibe. Some are. Dirty, quite frankly, yeah, the ones I've been of, into, and 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 super smoky. And you're thinking, well, it's a cigar bar. Why should it not be super smoky? And the fact of the matter is, a cigar bar doesn't have to be, and you don't have to leave a cigar bar smelling like an ashtray. You actually, right. and I know a lot of you go there and don't mind. Actually, you know, that's kind of the cost of doing business. But you know, in the end, you're you do want a little bit of a cleaner kind of air vibe there, and he's got a filtration system there that is uh, just fantastic that you're going to absolutely uh, totally dig. So the play, uh, It's that, attention to detail is yes. what that place has got head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, and, and the lighting is great, and you just, uh, just absolutely love that. So anyway, President Trump rocking the world with his uh, deal with Theresa May, finally telling the U.K., we're done with you if you continue to dishonor Brexit, which was was an independence move on the part of the British people. And so we'll get into that uh, a little later on. Doug Giles is going to be with us at about 8.30. Also going to cover the situation regarding Stormy Daniels and this arrest at a strip club, which this is one time, and I don't, I don't have any love lost for, uh, for Stormy Daniels, uh, but I have to tell you that this was a just a total uh, setup job on her part at the strip club. I first of all, I think that police officers 
they, they, being at strip clubs, I mean, come on. This isn't 1975. I mean, uh, get on with it. Let people do whatever they're doing in strip clubs. But there's no reason why a pol- – I mean, certainly there's no reason why a police officer who ought to be busy handling the big crimes ought to be in worrying about whether someone's breasts are in somebody else's uh, face at a strip club. Yeah, that not have been going on prior to her arrival or after – yeah. Well, they all went in there and she was she took the stage and then uh I think it was like four different police officers were involved or maybe even five detectives were involved in bringing her down. But again, you know, I, I just think that sometimes it's unnecessary for the police to be involved in this. Anyway, we'll we'll follow up on that. And also, I don't know whether you saw the video of this one dude. He's actually been charged with a hate crime. I I have some issues with the whole hate crime thing in general. I mean, you're either harassing somebody, attacking somebody, assaulting somebody, killing somebody, or, or, or you're not. And it all involves a certain level of hate as far as I'm concerned. And so this idea somehow that, that you can call something a hate crime is weird to me, but harassment. Yeah. On the part of this dude who was, Going after this woman for wearing a Puerto Rico shirt. Did you hear about that one? I saw it. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah. And the guy's, it's, he's such an embarrassment to white people. I have to tell you, because he's attacking this woman and, of course, has no idea that Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory and, in fact, might even someday become a state. It's been often talked about almost every election about Puerto Rico becoming a state. Yeah. So ultimately, Barack Obama will maybe get up to your 57 state. Fantasy. <laughs> I've been to fifty-seven states. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get, we'll get. Eventually, we'll get. We're getting close. But anyway, the guy has no idea that Puerto Rico is is a the is, is one of our coveted and and nice little areas there. Ignorance on top of ignorance on top of ignorance. That video. Peter Strzok is being interviewed here by Representative Steve. I think it's Chabot. I don't know. But they asked him about whether or not he regretted describing Trump supporters as hillbillies. It was a pretty interesting hearing yesterday. If anything, it really did reveal Strzok as this arrogant, snotty, smirky, smug, smug, swamp creature. And I got to tell you, it was Really not a good showing for him, but boy, did he have all these attorneys and basically the attorneys were, well, United States state representatives or congressmen or others who got in the way of some of the questioning of of struck when things got a little bit tough for him. But this one kind of went on without any without too many interruptions. And it was uh, very interesting involved in investigating uh, both the matter of Hillary Clinton's private email server and the so-called Russian collusion matter. Is that correct? That's correct. And uh, Ms. Page was also involved in both those. Is that correct? Uh, She was not a member of the investigative team for either. Uh, She was a senior staff member for... This guy, just watching him. He was not a member. He he sounded like one of those cops like from Reno 911. (laughs) Well, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, Congressman, he's like, like it's not even his real voice it didn't sound like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Officer uh, Peter Strzok. Uh, you have an ID? It's like, it's really, 
Yes, uh, yeah. uh, Mr. McCabe, who I believe began uh, some of you were communicating with on a fairly regular basis yes, on these matters. Thank you. And, and just watching him, I'm seeing the face of the Hillary Clinton deplorable crowd and, and watching this guy as un-American as he was to try to manipulate not only the election beforehand, but then cause trouble afterwards. Because we're still trying to get to exactly what this insurance policy was they were talking about. And they're all claiming that they were just chatting. And, and Strzok, of course, was, uh, was – and, and his girlfriend were both going back and forth over this stuff. But uh, these people had – evil on their minds, folks. These people in the deep state, these Peter Strucks of the world, his girlfriend, Lisa Page, and the rest of this crew, and I think Comey is involved in it too. These people all thought that they knew better than you. They all thought they were more important citizens than you are. And that's what's so infuriating about it. They know better than us, and just trust them. Trust them, and also they hate you. By the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 think you're one of the deplorables. And you would agree, would you not, that uh, both investigations were supposed to be fair and unbiased? Yes, and that they were. Yet you were both rooting for Hillary Clinton to win, and you both detested Donald Trump. Uh, did you not? I think that's fair to say. And in fact, as we've learned, you apparently found Donald Trump. Here's an FBI agent involved in the Hillary Clinton investigation admitting that he detested Donald Trump. Now, of course, when we get to the MSNBC portion of the analysis on this, the claim is that, well, everybody – that's always been the, the claim of these people. Everybody always has – everybody has an opinion. It's not illegal to have an opinion. Listen – when you're sending text messages back and forth and your opinion is manifesting itself in your actions, that is not right. And that was clearly happening in this investigation. Supporters detestable, too, like those around Loudoun, Virginia, as we've already heard, whom you uh, called ignorant blanks. I'm not going to uh, say that here. Um, and that you had uh, visited a southern Virginia Walmart and could smell the Trump support. Now, I have to say, when, when I read those communications and when I hear them here, um, th those between the two of you, specifically what you had to say about Trump supporters, it reminded me of something that Hillary Clinton uh, had said about Trump supporters. She found them, what did she call them, uh, deplorables. Um, and I would submit uh, that it was... When he used that terminology and called them deplorables, the look on Peter Strzok's face was one of almost glee. A smirk. The smirk. Or, and, and Hillary Clinton's smug view of Donald Trump's supporters, that was truly deportable. Don't you think that the American people, when they're paying your salaries, when they're paying for a fair and unbiased investigation by none other than the FBI, deserved a whole lot better uh, than what those comments I just referred to reflect? Congressman, uh, two things. One, I absolutely regret the appearance of some of those texts and wish I would have said or phrased or not said at all some of the things I did. Two, I take This guy is – I just want to just slap the smirk off the guy's face. He regrets the appearance. I regret the appearance. Of, it's like I, I don't need I – don't, I'm trying to figure out actually when I'm watching him speak. I'm trying to figure out what 
weird psychosis. And, and by the way, if you noticed when he was listening to the say, uh, the congressman speak to him, he had a weird. And again, I'm not trying to get too deep into psychology, but but he had a weird, uh, like a like his body was kind of moving while he was. It's kind of a strange. ADD-ish type of nervous move that you're making. I, yeah. I, I get. I, I was trying to figure out what was whether his leg was the one that was swaying back and forth or what was it. But there was something about his body language that really even made me uncomfortable. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He Margaret chimed in that that she doesn't like him even more now because he was bashing Walmart. Right on, Margaret. Disagree completely with your attribution to my views of Trump supporters. I never said that. I expressed no such thing. Uh, there are millions and millions and millions of okay. Americans who I We've deeply respect and honor who voted for my Mr. Time Trump. Here. But um, I, I just also want to interestingly, the you told Ms. Page, and I'll quote uh, here: "I loathe Congress," and she agreed. Now you're you're probably in pretty good company there. Um, a survey I saw a while back uh, about Congress found us less popular than root canals and head lice and colonoscopies. And uh, although we did beat out playground bullies uh, and the Ebola virus, uh, but this is not about us. Um, it's about you and whether or not the American people uh, can have the confidence in the investigations that you were involved in and whether you were fair and unbiased uh, when you investigated both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Would you agree with that? Sir, I, I appreciate that concern very much, and let me explain a little bit about that comment. I have the utmost respect for Congress, for its role in oversight, uh, for its role in passing laws, for any, any of the functions. What I was stating in that comment was the efforts by some to turn legitimate oversight activity into unwarranted we appreciate there's criticism a lot of, stuff, of the there's FBI a lot of stuff for the here. FBI doing nothing but doing its there's job. There's a lot of us up here that don't like Congress particularly, too. So I would there's sure, probably just, a lot of I'm, the American people, the vast majority, would agree with you on that. Um, Mr. Strzok, um, you were removed from the Mueller investigation, correct? Yes. Um, but for the most part, all the others uh, that were there are still there, correct? I can't speak to the current staff. Well, let me, let me tell you who counsel. they are. Greg Andrus, who gave $1,000 uh, to the Democrat running to hold the Senate seat previously. This is unbelievable. I didn't even know the extent of the political contributions being made by these people who currently, currently are part of the Trump investigation. And listen – I do believe people are allowed to have their own opinions, but I don't believe that people in an investigation of this sort ought to be individuals who are contributing to campaigns. I mean, let's put it this way. I don't even contribute to political campaigns. No. And, and, and I'm, I'm a political guy. I mean, I'm, and I, guess, I guess you could say that me appearing uh, at a fundraising event could be conceived as an in-kind contribution. But you know what I'm talking about, though. I don't even give money uh, as a matter of policy. When I, when I go to fundraisers or goes to these kinds of things, I don't really give a, a campaign contribution or money to a candidate only because I don't want to give the appearance that I'm taking sides. Now, in a general, maybe I would. Like, for instance, in a case where Clara McCaskill is running against a Republican, I might give my – but generally, I really don't. I, I haven't given any 
campaign contributions to my knowledge, I think, except at President Trump. But mo- for the most part, I don't even do campaign contributions. So the idea that FBI people and people who are conducting investigations of our president are active campaign donors to Democrats, that's a problem. Big time. When Either you're way you cut it. Impartial investigation. Yes. The impartial. Held by Barack Obama uh, and $2,600 to Democrat Senator Gillibrand and zero to the Trump pam- campaign. He's still there. And Rush Atkinson, who donated to the Clinton campaign and zero to the Trump campaign. He's still there. Uh, and Kaylee Freeney, who contributed to both the Obama presidential campaigns and the Hillary Clinton's campaign and zero to the Trump campaign. Uh, still there. And Andrew Goldstein, who donated $3,300 to both Obama campaigns and zero to the Trump campaign, still there. And Elizabeth Prelogger, who, by the way, clerked for liberal Supreme Court justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Elena Kagan and contributed to both the Obama and Clinton campaigns and zero to the Trump campaign, still there. And James Quarles, who contributed to the Democratic presidential campaigns of Dukakis and Gore and Kerry and Obama and Hillary Clinton. Uh, now, he did contribute to former Congressman Chaffetz and Allen, but he contributed 20000 to the Democratic and Senate campaign committees and zero to the Trump campaigns. I could go on, but I'm just about uh, to run out of time. Um, su- suffice it to say that nine of the 16 investigators still on the case gave to Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or to both, and none gave to Trump. Now, nine so- out of the 16 currently on this investigative team. I mean, it, it, this is this is unbelievable. First of all, I didn't know there was that much giving among the deep state as it was, especially in law enforcement. I had no idea there was that much giving. Right, or they were capable of giving this much. Yeah, and they're giving a, they're giving a lot of money. Mueller's um, and Comey have said from day one impartial. No one has any bias toward anybody. We have looked into the investigators. They're all straight and narrow. They're down the middle. They have no dog in this fight. They're let's, just taking it where the it, investigation leads them. Right. Let's put it this way. If you knew that Tony Messenger – oh, well, okay, no. Let, let's, let's go to <laughs> just a, a, a reporter with the Post-Dispatch. If you, if you saw that a reporter with the Post-Dispatch gave money – to Hillary Clinton while that reporter is covering the U.S. Senate campaign, what would you think of that reporter? You'd think that reporter was biased. There'd be no question about it. And the reporter should make sure that there's no appearance of bias in any way, shape, or form. And so if you think that a reporter would be biased based on their giving to a certain political candidate, why wouldn't you assume that these individuals in this investigation, nine out of 16 of them, avid Democrat supporters, if not avid Hillary Clinton supporters, and didn't give a dime to President Trump. How is it not possible that we would not see bias there? And how is it possible for them to assume somehow that, oh, no, we we all are entitled to our opinions. We're Americans. We're in. No, 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 no. You're in a different situation. We, when we hold common journalists to certain standards, we're going to hold you as FBI Justice Department investigators to high standards as well. That's just the bottom line. Right. 
or if you're a TV station, don't go to a Kenny G concert with Dick Gephardt. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, like they did over Such Channel 4. Such a wide disparity in political support of one party over the other. Give the American people concern that even though you are off the Mueller team, that the fairness and lack of bias that President Trump deserves and the American people deserve just might be lacking here. The gentleman's out of time. But the- and by the way, if Hillary Clinton were president, we would never have known any of this. None of this would have happened. And we would, this would still be the swamp in all of its glory. I answer the question. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Sir, what I'd tell you is this, and what I'd ask you to tell your constituents is this. I have and had no idea what contributions were made by anybody staffing the special counsel's office. What I can tell you and what I'd ask you to relay to your constituents is the men and women that I saw, the attorneys, the agents, the analysts, were the most remarkable, bright, patriotic, hardworking people that I've ever had the honor of working with. Yeah, sure thing, deep state boy. Whatever you say. Patriotic. And this was supposed to be Peter Strzok's big, you know, speech, the have you no decency, sir, speech. This was supposed to be Americans galvanizing around this uh, little old FBI folk hero. It was his knock it out of the park. Yeah, right. Go for it. And and it didn't work for a lot of us. It did work, though, for uh, a lot of folks who appeared on, uh, on, on CNN. Uh, and, and talked about the whole uh, struck deal and praised him. And, of course, she had uh, Clapper on and Brennan on, and they were all just going, just having a love fest with the guy. So I think it's remarkable that Strzok has – that is actually the most robust defense of the FBI that we've heard from a sitting official. So I think that really was remarkable. Look, what he's trying to explain and what, met, what at least the Republicans on the committee sort of refused to acknowledge was that every person has political beliefs. Every person has political opinions. That's different from bias. Uh, that individuals. This is such garbage. This is coming from CNN. It's the same line that they've all used that everybody has political opinions. That's one thing. But if you are in a situation where you are tasked with investigating political figures, you really actually should not be allowed to give money. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a news business and you're forbidden from contributing to campaigns, why is it that that's okay for people in the FBI who has the, who have the potential for actually sending political figures to jail? They shouldn't be at all in any way, shape or form uh, allowed to contribute to campaigns. And they can be allowed to have political opinions, but if you're on the record as contributing to campaigns, it should not be acceptable. Work for federal law enforcement or for the federal government, put those opinions, they leave those opinions at the door, and they do their job in a nonpartisan, apolitical manner. And and there's no way that they, there's no way that Peter Strzok did. Sorry. I agree with Mr. Strzok on this. Americans don't understand this. You're talking about hundreds of people involved in this investigation, regardless of whether you believe him or not, you're thinking that he can walk into the FBI Hoover building and say, let me figure out a way to manipulate another 200 people. This was a little more than. But he but he did do that. Exactly. You could tell by you could tell by the text messages that he sent to Lisa Page. He did do that. He they did talk about engineering defeat for President Trump, not only before the election, but then after the election. They did that. Opportunity for lawmakers to grant. By the way, I don't know who any of these people are. 
CNN throws together these panels, and half the time, I've never seen these people in my lifetime. So yesterday, Chris Hayes, the guy he had on there could not have been over the age of 16. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I, these, these people, I, they, so far, three people who I've never seen before have no idea who they are. Frankly, to distract from the real issue at hand, which is Russian interference in the U.S. election. And I think the mere fact that we're having this conversation shows that these attacks on the Bureau are actually working. This has uh, created the doubt. Who's this guy on Facebook telling us to back the badge? Who, 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 by the way, has said that in any way, shape, or form, Scooter, that we somehow don't back the badge because we're, we're calling out Peter Strzok? We are backing the badge. I mean, by the way, we, I, I, yeah, we don't need to. Yeah. I, I, there's no Dear way that, that we're going to be in a situation Ridiculous. where we're being told by somebody to back the badge. I mean, come on, people. You, you, for as long as I've been on the air, 17 years in St. Louis, I've always supported our police. I've always supported our law enforcement. I'm not going to support some scumbag traitor like Peter Strzok. So please leave your lectures to somebody else. Lots of Americans' minds about whether or not FBI agents, federal law enforcement, are actually executing the law or whether or not they are, uh, you know, settling political grudges. And that itself is such an incredibly corrosive thing. It was for show. It was for show. The whole thing was for show. We didn't learn a lot new. The whole whole thing was odious in a way. I I love the fact that it was for show. I, I love the fact that they went ahead and tried to illuminate for the American people the lengths with which at which this swamp will go to undermine elections and to ultimately try to sway the elections and then to ultimately try to disrupt the elections after they have happened. So I'm glad that this was for show. I mean, I'm sure the left didn't like it because it confirmed everything we knew about the swamp. But, you know, obviously you don't want to hold hearings just to hold hearings. But I think this was more than just a show. This was a revelation. Right. They just didn't like this episode. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. They They didn't like this particular one. So, yeah, all over the map, all over the place, people were just absolutely either coming to the ultimate absolute defense of Peter Strzok or uh, they wound up actually, well, I don't know. I heard from the five, I think. They, they were remotely supporting uh, the revealing of him. But you know, I did happen to like, I did really enjoy the uh, back and forth between Trey Gowdy and him uh, when when Gowdy basically just told him, you know, don't 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 get in this whole thing with me, Buster Brown. I'm. Uh, oh, by the way, this one I love. I like actually like the ads that run before these particular pieces <laughs> because oftentimes when when they're especially about like Nancy Pelosi and everything else, they're gun ads. This one is uh, this one actually is Josh Hawley. The eyes of the nation are on Missouri. We decide which values control the Senate and the Supreme Court. Claire McCaskill wants liberals in charge. That's how she votes. This is That's not Missouri's way, and it won't be the my outgrowth way. of the National I got Party. I at the Supreme Court, defending religious liberty. I haven't met my wife there. She's a tough lawyer, too. I'm Josh Hawley. I know our way of life is at risk. That's why I approve this message. 
Yeah. Him and Chris Coster have and the your same coach. Is Bob Mueller did not kick you off because of the content of your text. He kicked you off because of some appearance that he was worried about. Sure. My testimony, what you asked and what I responded to was that he. By the way, this is. This is the exchange where Strzok looks his most evil. Look at this. Look at this freeze of him there. This guy's got this guy's got an edge to him. That is Damien. That is frightening. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm telling you, he's got something going Jack on. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah. From uh The Shining. The Shining. <laughs> Absolutely. He kind of does. Here's Johnny. <laughs> oh, love it. Let me see here. What's me off the- because of my bias. I'm stating to you it is not my understanding that he kicked me off because of any bias, that it was done based on the appearance. If you want to represent what you said accurately, I'm happy to answer that question, but I don't appreciate what was originally said being changed. I don't give a damn what you appreciate, Agent Strzok. I don't appreciate having an FBI agent with an unprecedented level of animus working on two major investigations during 2016. Yeah, you little punk. Right. That was awesome. What's the first thing an attorney, an investigator, a judge does when they may or may not lead into a certain case or investigation. What do they check about? Conflicts of interest. Conflict. And what do they do if there's a remote conflict at all? They recuse themselves. Absolutely. Well, 9 out of 16 did not get vented or check on their quote 9 conflict. of 16 contributing to a Democrat or Hillary Clinton and none to Donald Trump. Do you think those people b- belong on a on a on a panel investigating the president of the United States? Absolutely not. All right, so we come back. Do you see what happened at the Builder Bears yesterday? No. They 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 the pay your age deal. And apparently there are a lot of people who want bears from Builder Bear. And a lot of people who want them cheaply and Build-A-Bear basically had to close their stores down. There were so many people. I never knew there were that many people who wanted bears, but apparently there are from Build-A-Bear. And it was, this was not, this was all over the world, by the way. So we're going to focus on some of that. We're also going to deal with uh, this whole uh, hate crime that was charged against this drunk dude yelling at the woman with a Puerto Rico shirt on. So we're going to follow up on that. Also going to follow up on the award yesterday that was given in federal court to uh, these people who accused Johnson and Johnson of giving them like cervical cancer because of the talcum powder. It was a pretty big deal yesterday in court. And I think it was $500 million. I mean, it was a lot of money. This could, this could bring Johnson and Johnson's to its, to its knees. So we'll follow up on that. John Kasich is back. I know you guys have been uh, wondering where that whole thing went. And also Stormy Daniels arrested for putting her breasts in somebody's face and now the police are saying, hey, uh, you know what? We made a mistake. So we're going to follow up on that as well. So without further ado, we are going to take a little break. Come right back. This is Radio Free Almond. 
live from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com, people. Yeah, Discovery Design. For all of your trucking needs, hauling needs, they'll build any kind of truck you need. We shall return, friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Radio Free Almond, live from the Discovery Design Studios. Also, thank you, Mattress King. Yes, for your support of Radio Free Almond. Just a little bit, I'll give you details on how you can set yourself up with a beautiful Mattress King mattress. The inside, ladies and gentlemen, made of bamboo, which is comfortable, cozy, beautiful, warm, keeps the temp cool. Keeps you comfortable and ready to rock when you're sleeping. It's Mattress King. Check them out on Facebook. Just go ahead and search them on Facebook, Mattress King. And they are by appointment only. But I'll tell you about some special deals uh, coming up in uh, just a little bit. So thank you for joining us. Happy Friday to all of you. Tomorrow I will be taking off for Italy, and I will be there for about a week and a half, and Radio Free Almond will be dark, uh, but I will be chiming in via Facebook Live. I will get the time zone difference down, and it'll probably be, I'll be about 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock when I'm over there, and maybe 7 o'clock when you're over here. So I'll, I'll do, let's see, 7, 6, 7, 2. I, I don't know. Sometimes I might be a little too busy, so I might tape something for you. Either way, I'll still be in touch from beautiful Italy where we'll be celebrating my in-laws' 50th wedding anniversary. Kathy and Don Fallon, congratulations on 50 beautiful years. And so they brought the whole family over there. I decided because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't gone too long from the ever-building Radio Free Almond project that, well, Italy is seven hours ahead. Okay, good. So it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon over there now. So, okay, I'll get that down. Seven hours ahead. Thank you, Steve Church. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so right around 2 o'clock in the afternoon there, I'll be maybe on with you at 7 a.m. here. I'll probably keep it to about 7 a.m. But it kind of depends on where I am and you know, I might do it by my phone. Well, we, well, I might be at a cafe. Somewhere. The Almond 725 report. Exactly, the 725 report. So anyway, I decided because of the – well, the, the 
I, I don't know. I, I was a little uncomfortable leaving for a full two and a half weeks or whatever uh, because I'm really trying to build Radio Free Almond and make sure that it's uh, rocking. And so they left earlier than I did. And so I'm uh, going solo on Saturday and we'll meet them over there in Florence. So Detroit, St. Louis to Detroit, Detroit to Paris, Paris to Florence, and boom. I think people appreciate I'm what you're doing. Wine. That you're not just building a show; you're building a network. Yes, a Steven. channel. It's yes. There's so many moving parts, so many pieces, so many technical production programming. Not and not just your show. It's an entire twenty four seven, tireless. Ultimately, we're going to have a bunch of different shows on it. I'm right now uh, talking to some folks over at CRTV, and in fact, was has been have been going back and forth with Eric Bowling via email, and uh, want to try to get his uh, stream on our stream. So we're going to try to figure out a deal with that, and also ultimately, maybe even Mark Levin would love. Uh, to get some of the other folks out there as well out in the hinterlands, and so we will get that going. But uh, locally, uh, Mark Cation's going to have his show. Dr. Naputi has his Wellness Matters show on the Radio Free Almond stream. If you go to naputiwellness.com or check him out on Facebook, he'll give you all the details of uh, when you can listen to the Radio Free Almond Naputi Wellness Wellness Matters stream. Uh, and that's pretty cool because he's a, he's, a, he's a great guy, great friend, great friend of the show, and has contributed greatly to the rebuild of the uh, Almond Radio product. So I'm sure you will be... Uh, uh, happy about all that and uh, happy to hear that show. So Cation's got one coming along. We're going to get, you know, Mama Kay, if you're out there, yes, we are going to quite possibly get you and your peeps on to do your paranormal show. I'd like to see that on the stream that once a week or whatever because Mama Kay is a ghost hunter. So I'd like to get her uh, involved in the production. And so we've got that going on for us, and so ultimately we're going to be building and building and building and get that uh, get those shows on the road for you. You want to hear how uh, uh, Trump derangement syndrome sounds in Britain? Yeah. Here's it. These are never Trumpers with a British accent. I mean, in fact, that, that that's the only thing that could make. A never Trumper worse is it speaking in a foreign accent, and no sense of rhythm at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Unbelievable. But yeah, that's that's their uh, that's their deal over there. And today, you know, while you were sleeping, President Trump made a really stunning kind of pronouncement that he's done dealing with Theresa May in the UK in terms of trade. If Theresa May is not going to adhere to the principles of Brexit, which basically was the British independence move, uh, and so he would deal directly just with the European Union or whatever, but he's not going to deal with with Theresa May if she's going to uh, counter the will of the British people there. But apparently some of them don't – these are probably non-Brexit fans that dump Trump people. Yeah. What ha- I thought England was going to fall in the Atlantic because of Brexit. What what happened? They're, they're still they're still around. Never did. Wow. You yeah. know what? By the way, earlier we talked a little bit about the uh, about the situation involving uh, the World Cup, and I don't know whether you guys noticed this or not, but 
isn't it interesting how the people who are rooting for their respective teams, people absolutely just are like, wow, uh, that really is, is uh, amazing how um, nationalistic these people are. And in fact, uh, the people on the left are calling the World Cup a world festival of nationalism. And apparently so it's okay that, you know, there are individuals who are rooting for their country, painting their faces in their country's colors, waving their country's flags. Apparently that's okay as long as you're not American and doing it. As long as, like, nationalism apparently is not looked upon as a favorable thing when the Americans do it. But it's okay when the French or the Croatians or the whatever ultimately do it. Anybody but. Anybody but. Now, they do basically say to the point where they even actually use the World Festival of Nationalism, so to speak, in the World Cup, to try to tell the United States just how lowbrow we are. In and soccer. inferior we are. <laughs> just yeah, we in, are soccer. in soccer. <laughs> we definitely are in soccer. So apparently now, so Croatia's in the final, right? Right. Is it Croatia and France? Yes, uh, Croatia beat uh, England, and yeah. France beat... Um, I forgot who France beat. It doesn't matter who France beat. I don't know. <laughs> uh, France doesn't usually beat people at anything. No. It's kind of why we had to go and rescue them on I, a couple of occasions there back I, in the day. I was hoping for England versus France. Oh, yeah. And they should have Trump sit at the halfway 50-yard <laughs> line. This, this makes it a little more interesting because, uh, you know, uh, we were being told JB here over at Gaslight was telling us that there's a there's a bar here, I guess it's called uh, Amsterdam the Amsterdam Pub, and during the game the other day where Croatia was playing Britain, apparently the entire St. Louis Croatian community was there. Right, this bar, yeah, it was pretty unbelievable. I was thinking about uh, there is an English uh, Britain pub in. Uh, Santa Monica that I would often frequent, and uh, I could only imagine what that place was like during that game. Even they, that they lost, yeah, you knew they were having yeah. one hell of a time. I, I like the spectacle of it, and I like how just uh, excited everybody is uh, about it. But I wish the same kind of, I don't know, the same kind of pride were appreciated when Americans show pride in their country. I'm pro- it's probably a stretch. I'm probably making too much of it, but but I guarantee you, like an American with a their face painted with the American flag, would probably be looked upon by the rest of the world as being, oh look, it's a Nazi, you know, right? Oh look, it's a Trump supporter. So here's what happened in Strongsville, Ohio, at the Build a Bear store. There, this is happening. This was happening all over the world, people. Build-A-Bear decided they were going to have a uh, pay-your-age day. So you could go there, and if you're 10, you get a $10 Build-A-Bear. If you're 40, you get a $40 Build-A-Bear. Now, the story erroneously reported that Build-A-Bears can be as expensive as $50. No, they can be as expensive as like $100. Easy. 
So they're they're pretty expensive, and so that's why. But I didn't know that many people really wanted to build a bear bear. <laughs> I, I had no. I mean, these people were standing in lines that were hours long, sometimes all day long. Good evening, everybody. Hi, I'm David Moss, host of Fox 8's New Day. This is David Moss, host of Fox 8. A home chef? (laughs) Are you just throwing a party or a back? They're in Cleveland. Dean Supply has everything you need. Great prices. I shop there. From food preparation to presentation to cleanup. All right, give me the story. I got to figure out another way to get past these ads. But at a Strongsville Mall, as thousands of parents waited in line for a Build-A-Bear toy. But there is a problem here. Hundreds were turned away. Fox 8's Maya Belay joins us live with more on some unhappy customers. What happened here, Maya? And, and by the way, people were just screaming. I mean, they were so angry about this. <laughs> Very thing. unhappy. Stay home. That's now the message from Build-A-Bear after encouraging parents to bring their kids in, all for the company's biggest in-store deal ever. Build-A-Bear, basically an hour after opening up, at least here, closed and said, we're no longer accepting any more people in this line. That's how many people showed up to get their cheap Build-A-Bear bear disappointing this many kids. It's just terrible. You know, I, like I said, I drove an hour. I can't stand in line for two hours waiting for a certificate that maybe, you know, I have, I have the money to get them a bear. Maybe I don't. So the woman <laughs> is standing there with her with these two kids, or clearly her grandkids, and she's having a fit over the bears thing. And I'm not sure what that teaches the kids necessarily, but I'm not sure Build-A-Bear also thought this thing tr- through. No. What did they expect to happen? That the, she, the, that the she, yeah, she had this glorious secret that no one else knew about. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just wondering the phone bank at Build-A-Bear and headquarters here in St. Louis. Say, hey, how are things going in Ohio? <laughs> well, you know what they also did, though, was they, apparently to the people who they would not accept in the, in the line, they gave them like a $15 That's nice. certificate. And the people are like... $15? Okay, whatever. No. More than 2,500 people stood in line for hours for a bear, only some to receive a $15 coupon after the company raised safety concerns and stopped the lines due to crowds. Others left the store happy. Their wait ended in a bear for a steal. Today marked International Pay-Your-Age Day at the stores, <laughs> where bears were only the cost of your child's age. I mean, it was was unbelievable. The bedlam that was created all throughout the world. I can't believe not the anchors or the graphic person. And I knew they didn't use the term grizzly scene at mall. I bet you some of them (laughs) did. (laughs) Grizzly scene. All right. So the, uh, the cop who was in, uh, this is, this is a pretty amazing story folks. And, and you're going to have to, hear what happened here as a dude who was clearly intoxicated, okay? He's and I have to tell you the woman who is is who who is wearing this Puerto Rico shirt. So the so the shirt is basically made essentially of the flag of Puerto Rico. Okay. So not made of it, but it's made to look like the flag of Puerto Rico. And so there's this drunk Hoosier who approaches her 
in this park shelter there in Illinois, in Cook County, Illinois. And the guy's clearly intoxicated, which is not an excuse at all. But the but the but the shame of it all is he doesn't even understand his Puerto own, Rico's his own ignorance place in our lives as a U.S. territory, and ultimately might become a state. And it's like, dude, stop embarrassing white people, please. They were very patient, by the way. Well, first of all, the United States owns Puerto Rico, so we're part of the United States. We don't own Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is what? The guy's like yelling at her. What are you doing? <laughs> Puerto Rico, sure here in this place. <laughs> Get that off here! Your body, you foreigner. Take your coconuts to go back to Hawaii. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Hate you people. Are you educated? Are you officer? Why does he protect Puerto Rico? Okay. Okay. First of all, the guy. How did the guy know that was even Puerto Rico's flag? That's as dumb as this guy appears. It's shocking to me. Unless her shirt. I saw I, her shirt. I can't figure out. What, I think it did Puerto say Rico. Puerto Rico above okay. or below the flag. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> he can read. That says Puerto Rico on it. You don't understand Puerto Rico. If you love it, all you Mexicans should go back to Puerto Rico if you love it so much. Stand, you Chinese people. <laughs> if you steal from us, Donald Trump's had you steal. <laughs> you foreign cars. And take your Puerto Rican van and get out of here. Well, what's your point, sir? Because I can. Why are you wearing that? Boy, that guy wouldn't last long at the Amsterdam pub among the Croatian community. No. They'd be putting him on a spit in no time. But yeah, the guy, but here's the problem though, folks. And and this is where maybe this gets a little controversial for some of you. Should the guy, though, have been charged with a hate crime? No, just harassment or uh, what's the word term I'm looking for? Uh, disturbance of the peace. Well, uh, even perhaps maybe. Uh, obviously, you don't have you don't have the uh, you don't have the right to just simply. Uh, I don't know, to, to do some of the things that this guy was doing. But ultimately, though, if you have an issue with someone's shirt and, and it just happens to be from a foreign country, is that really uh, is that really a hate crime? And again, I'm not I'm not defending the guy. I'm just wondering whether or not you could that qualifies as a hate crime. You've often spoke about. Laws on top of laws on top of laws, redundant laws, redundancy, redundancy, redundancy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, to me, uh, you know, adding the component of hate crime, first of all, it's very subjective. Uh, and and to me, if you have, like, for instance, we have laws against assault. We have laws against harassment. We have laws against, as you point out, disturbing the peace. We have laws against murder and Assault, robbery, whatever, whatever, and uh, th- those should be sufficient 
to to lop on kind of a hate crime thing. If if the guy violated the law, great, but don't kind of invent some another law to accuse the guys. I think the guy clearly is harassing this woman. And and in a threatening manner, and certainly it's disorderly conduct. Correct. If she wore a white sock shirt, and he went on and on and on and on, it wouldn't be a hate crime. No, because the white socks suck. But (laughs) (laughs) no, Uh, yes, you're right. But now here's the other thing. So on top of it, uh, the, the question of whether or not it should be a hate crime, should the park ranger who didn't do anything about it when she was complaining about it should the park ranger be fired something that did not add up to me is like did the ranger know this guy and he was just trying to quietly back him off i, I uh what i think happened is that the park ranger didn't know what to do. He had some drunk guy on his hands yelling at some woman with a Puerto Rico shirt on, and he didn't do anything about it. And at the very least, he maybe should have told the guy to scram, which I think he did. I mean, I, I but eventually with some backup. But he was fired from from his job. Breaking for that. news and that confrontation at a Cook County Forest Preserve over a Puerto Rico shirt. Good evening. I'm Erica Sargent. I'm Rob Johnson. Let's go right to CBS News. Dana Collins. I'm Rob Johnson, which is uh, not my real name. I'm actually Rob Smoknowski. But I'm Rob Johnson for the purposes of being an anchor on the news, by the way. You know it. His name is probably like Myron gold fine <laughs> called himself rob johnson uh hey because uh, because i th- that happens it doesn't happen as much anymore because now it's very exotic to have a name that's unpronounceable you know in the news business now because it's you know but apparently back when myron goldfarbstein became an anchor uh the news director was like i think we're gonna call you rob johnson how does that sound wasn't there a channel five reporter before perts born with a, a name like that curly headed guy glasses he did the perts born type thing but before perts born oh like, yeah no um oh that long time ago yeah right before perts born i know who you're talking around. about yeah but he had a he had a alphabet for a last name but I think you can do that when you're like a feature reporter. Yeah. But when you're an anchor, you got to be called Rob Johnson. I'm like, dude, your name is not Rob Johnson. Forest Preserve over a Puerto Rico shirt. Good evening. I'm Erica Sargent. I'm Rob Johnson. Let's no, go you're right- not. <laughs> no, you're not. Show me your birth certificate. <laughs> yes, I'm Rob Johnson. And you know what's even crazier about that whole thing is uh, – is I always thought it was really weird of people in the business, like the news business, or even for that matter, kind of like on the air, changing their name to something that they're not. I always found that really odd. You know, I'm Dusty Storm here at WIL. You know, or, or I, I knew a guy when I worked at KSD. And he was the program director, and his name was Smokey Rivers. 
Hey, Smoky River, and it was it, he was once on the air, and so he called him. Yeah, this is Smoky Rivers, and that dude's name was like Larry Goldfeinsteinberg. Oh, who was with uh, Smash Dog? Steve Brill. Oh yeah, Steve Dog. Oh, I remember that. I, yeah, yeah worked, Steve Brill was our programming guy at yeah. one point. Yeah, you mean Sm- Dog. Smoky Rivers on the air here, Bill. But yeah, it, it just seems kind of disingenuous when you, and, and, and like when you have a news anchor. Who's like not really who he is? Yeah. Well, again, I don't know whether it's Greg Peterson. Johnson, Pete, he was here locally, Channel Two. I love Greg. I, you're watching and listening. I I love you. But here, he was Pete Peterson. He is Greg Peterson. He was born Greg Peterson. But when he came to St. Louis, he was Pete Peterson. When he go, when he went to Omaha. He went back to Greg, and now he's in uh, at Sinclair in Alabama. He's back to Greg Peterson also. I mean, in my opinion, Pete Peterson uh, is uh, is the app down again? I don't know what I shouldn't be down, uh, Chris. I don't think uh, the app. I can see the app is running fine. So, uh, Chris says she thinks the app is down. Oh. It's up. It's good. Up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 rolling, uh, Chris. I, we might be behind, but I mean, it's been it's been rolling for a while. Anyway, to the name change thing. My opinion is you go big or stay home. Like, like, like if you're gonna like, like for instance, Captain Kangaroo, like he he had it right. He was Bob yeah. Keeshan, but 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 he just changed his name completely, like to Captain Kangaroo. Right. That's what. And so, like, if you're gonna change, like Rob Johnson, he might as well be uh, <laughs> George the Giraffe. <laughs> Hi, I'm George the Giraffe here. Uh, you're a nightly news leader. It's like you might as well go ahead and do that because it's. it's it's, there's no difference to me between calling yourself Rob Johnson when you're not and calling yourself George the Giraffe. Good evening, George the Giraffe here. That's Breaking not, news. It's not innovative. No, it's beats. not. No. <laughs> no, it's not. But it fits his... Confrontation at a Cook County Forest Preserve over a Puerto Rico shirt. Good evening. I'm Erica Sargent. I'm, and uh, I don't think her name is Erica Sargent either. <laughs> it's better than Rob Johnson. It kind of is. Yeah. I kind of dig that. I don't think her name is Erica Sargent. Do you? <laughs> she looks like, uh, uh, like, like for instance, the woman on Fox, what's her name? Una Pomeraru or whatever her name is. Like she, she does it. She's like, somebody probably told her to change her name. She's like, pound sand. I'm not changing my name. Right. But Erica, you know. Sargent. My name is Fatiman. Probably had to change your name to Sergeant. Breaking news in that confrontation at a Cook County Forest Preserve over a Puerto Rico shirt. Good evening. I'm Erica Sargent. I'm Rob Johnson. Let's go right to Both C- of us have <laughs> fake names, and we're anchors at a nightly news station here in Cook County and CBS2 Chicago. You know, you know that's what they're doing over there. I sound like a Rob Johnson, actually. <laughs> he does. He looks like a Rob Johnson, although actually, you know what he looks like? He looks like a uh, Barry Gold Farbystein with sneaky. That's what he looks like. <laughs> but because I could look at him right now and go, dude, you're not Rob Johnson. This is Dana Kozloff live in the control room for the latest information. Dana. Rob and Erica, we've just. See, they, they make the reporter keep their boring names. Dana Kozloff, you know, they made her stick with her name. She probably wanted to change her name to uh, uh, Mary Megatron, but uh, didn't they wouldn't let her. We wouldn't last in that newsroom because we just call him the double team. Sergeant Johnson, the double team. 
And that Cook County Forest Preserve police officer who seemingly stood by while that woman was berated. She's got her Kozlov, K-O-Z-L-O-V. Like they they allowed her to keep her her name. But when you're in the when you're in the anchor chair, you're going through Ellis Island and they're naming you something else. I'll let her make a decision. Oh, yeah. You, you see, that's another reason why you wouldn't make it in a newsroom. <laughs> You'd be, you would have already, the, the company would have already paid out millions. Not <laughs> to, me. To your victims. No, they're just going to tell me I'm going to quit. <laughs> Resigned. He quit tonight, days after the video sparked outrage around the world. I mean, here's the thing, though. Is it really necessary to, to, to make the guy resign over this? I mean, that, 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 that's the thing that dr- drives me crazy. I, I, not only the whole hate crime thing, which confounds me and I think is unnecessary. Uh, but also, did the guy really have to resign? I mean, is there, is there a way you can discipline somebody or, or reschool them on what to do? Or, uh, you know, that, uh, clearly when I saw what was going on here and the ranger was around, I don't think he knew how to, I mean, clearly he didn't know how to handle this situation. So maybe that's something that should have right. uh, been, he'd been punished for. But I don't know whether people have to lose their jobs over stuff like this. You know who should resign is the producer that thought that this crap was a lead story in a major market newscast. Well, it, it, well, it was, I think, because, because when you have video, it's a, it's a, if they didn't have video of this, it wouldn't be a major story at all. At all. But they have video of the guy. Voyeurism. I think Rob Johnson ought to resign. <laughs> I'm Ron Johnson resigning with my fake name. I'm sorry. Who's uh, the reporter again? Dana Kozlov. All right. <laughs> There's something about that Kozlov name that really drives me crazy, Dana, says Steve Church, lurking. And, now, let me put you this way. If you were in the newsroom Bond. with her, Steve Church, would you yes. be the guy that walks up and starts to rub her shoulders while she's typing out her script? Hi, Dana. Can I get my... Dana! Would would you like me to go over your scripts? It's time for me to res- review your writing. Yes, let's try to get your package down from three minutes to a 90 seconds. Unfortunately, you have to, I have to review your writing with you sitting on my lap. It's the only way to, to do this. I don't know whether you know that or not. Would you like a old-fashioned to go over the ease of tension in this newsroom? Do you still want to be a weekend anchor or not? Okay. Yes, I am a Are citizen. You a United States citizen. Can you please get away from me? This guy like is such an embarrassment to white people because you know this thing is being played all over the place now. And you know what? I the guy deserves everything coming to him. I, again, I don't really. I take issue with the whole hate crime thing. This is clearly harassment, disorderly conduct, uh, peace disturbance, whatever you want to call it, and drunk and just public drunkenness. So you, you got him on four or five different charges already, but the hate crime thing is a little odd to me. You should not be Can you please that. get away you from me? Officer, officer, I feel... That such an idiot. And by the way, the woman is very... The, I have to give the woman wearing the Puerto Rico shirt credit. She's very patient with this guy. Extremely. Extremely. Stayed calm. Just said, get away from me. This is a Reno 911. Yeah. Second. But she, she was very patient with him, though. I mean, I don't know what yes, I would have. So at some point, and this was going on for at least like five or six, seven minutes. And was it her brother 
that was yeah, with Rosen. He was very patient. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because I guess you know, you obviously they they know that you don't want to assault people for being stupid, but you oh. know, but but you know, clearly they were they were. Uh, that's part of the video showing 62-year-old Timothy Tribus verbally berating Mia Irizarry at Caldwell Woods. Later, Irizarry can be heard repeatedly. The problem is, there's a guy standing there. The the, the is he, he's just standing there. This police officer, and he, he's got like a SWAT vest on and everything. The park ranger does. Yeah. So maybe there is something to him getting around. Officer getting Patrick Connor to do something about it. In the part of the video that went viral, Connor's voice is never heard, and he apparently does nothing. Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle called Tribus's behavior a... Tony Preckwinkle? Now, he's, he's keeping his name. That's right. My name is Tony Preckwinkle. Yeah. Rangers and offensive. Yes, Stephen. No, Rangers are deputized like everybody what? else. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, no, go, seriously, seriously. They're deputized. Aren't they? Rangers? I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to play. We don't have any here in St. Louis, apparently, according to uh, uh, John Mohammed or whatever his name is there on the board of Alderman in O'Fallon. That's right. Stand your ground, Mohammed. You know, he's, he's right, though. Uh, you know, they, they – although people were saying, well, Carondelet Park doesn't have any people in it either, uh, so it's not just a black thing, but come on. I happen, I happen to think that this is a tip, another example of white liberals running the joint and making sure that the Holly Hills Park there is well taken care of and O'Fallon Park is like left to go right into the crapper. I'm sure they'll give him a pair of scissors, though. <laughs> Should have intervened. Officer Connor was set to have a disciplinary hearing about this tomorrow, but resigned tonight instead. The Forest Preserve superintendent says he will discuss this matter more tomorrow. Meantime, Tribus is facing a misdemeanor assault charge. My name's Harvey Tribus. You know, by the way, I wonder whether or not it looks like this guy... He might have been on a bicycle or something, but he looks like he's like the park drunk. He looks like he's like it. It appeared to me that the guy who is the park ranger kind of knew of yeah. him or knew him exactly. That's what I was thinking. Oh, here he is again. Here's Tribus again. The drunk Tribus is back with yeah. his, on his bicycle, harassing people under the pavilion. I guess he didn't catch any fish today. Yeah, did you see the picture, by the way, speaking of O'Fallon Park? There's a woman who was fishing for bluegill. And the photograph uh, on the lake there in O'Fallon Park, and the photograph in the foreground is like all these cans and bottles, and I hope she's not eating those things, Oh, you know, eating no. the bluegill. But I think Mohammed's. I think he's partially right. I think that, that, that to a certain degree, I think some of these uh, – it's sometimes I, I bet you they think they, they think it's too dangerous for crying out loud to be uh, to to be in these parks. I umpired baseball games there when I was eighteen years old, and at uh, the park at Natural Bridge and Kings Highway. So I would tell my I, I'm completely erroneous to any type of neighborhood or at all at eighteen years old. I, my dad would just say, "Where are you going to go up a game?" I go, "Oh, Natural Bridge and Kings Highway." Uh, Matthew Dickey's playing Crestwood and Legion Ball, whatever, and then. I would show up at the game, and one inning in, there's four policemen at the backstop going, hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm like, why are you guys here? They're like, well, your dad want to know why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's, it's Steve Church's theme song as newsroom news director yeah. to Dana. Come on, come on, baby. Touch me, Dana. Can't you see? I will never say that again, I'll come tell you. We shall return in just a couple, live from the Discovery Design Studio, Radio Free Almond, and happy Friday, everybody. Come on, now. Great song. Great song. Loving the doors, baby. I'm I, I'm talking over the music because I uh, don't want to get pulled off the air. I still might actually get pulled off the air after all, but... I really didn't want to. Good morning. Did you ever see this performance on uh, Ed Sullivan? No, man. Incredible. Because Morrison's with, and the doors are with the let me, orchestra. Let me, let me turn the music down a little bit, Steve. Well, I was just trying to keep the uh, music. Yeah, you just, you just like, it's, 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 it, it, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'll just, turn it down so you can talk. Oh, I was just trying to keep us on Facebook. I'm sorry. That's fine. No, I just didn't, you just, yeah. But they performed I can just with turn it orchestra. down a little bit so we can hear you. Yeah, I had no story. Go ahead. What were we saying? I was just saying that performance on, I believe it was Ed Sullivan and uh, in an orchestra. What was it? What? I'm sorry. So the orchestra <laughs> uh, was saying, playing with the doors. It's really great. Ed Sullivan. He was a character, man. I didn't know like he and like Buddy Holly and these other guys. Like, some of these people didn't like him very much. Really? Ed Sullivan? Yeah, I think he was he was a little demanding, Ed Sullivan was. He wanted some words taken out of some songs and stuff. Yes, I have to be very uh, careful with my audience. 
that now that you say that about the one of the lyrics in Buddy Holly song, I do remember that story. Almond here for Mattress King. This is awesome. They have a new concept, a way to buy a mattress. You, the Mattress King mattress is attainable by appointment. And why do they have appointments at Mattress King? Well, first of all, they don't have to pay employees to sit around all day so they can keep the prices low for you on the mattress. And they pass those savings right onto you. So you're going to have the lowest cost for your mattress ever, people. You're going to find anywhere in the land. And by eliminating all that overhead and ordering direct from the factory, Mattress King can offer pricing 50% below all the retail guys out there. And the appointment also allows them to, well, have one-on-one conversation for you. So it's Sunday through Friday by appointment. Saturdays you can just walk in if you want to. But it's Mattress King. And they have the symbol mattress made in the USA. It's value. It's comfort. It's quality. 1961. Top 10 U.S. mattress manufacturers in the country, people. Cash discounts. Look at memory foam. All those kinds of things for you. Just call 636 And then you're off to the races. And they're also on Facebook there, too. But they're in St. Peter's right there at the uh, South St. Peter's, Peter's, uh, Peter's Parkway. But check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash one mattress king. That's right there. Nice little place. You know, you go into these, some of these mattress places and they make things so complicated, you know. They, they try to do this whole scientific, you know, lab look and everything else. All it's doing is costing you money. Right. I mean, you're just, you know, you don't need a sleep number. You need a mattress that you can, that's making you comfortable. Here, Rob Johnson, take this egg, turn the dial to 56, and watch what happens on the left side. Right, exactly. It won't crack. Won't crack at all. I've tried to do that, but like I've hold the, every time I hold the egg in my hand, it squishes. Now, while you throw the egg, have your wife jump up and down with a glass of wine and watch what happens when she turns it up to 72. <laughs> Mattress King. Sunday through Friday by appointment. Saturday, she just can wander in if you want to. Right there, 3004 South St. Peter's Parkway. Sweet Q. I love this, this headline. And I think it's accurate. And I li- we like it this way. Other people don't. Trump dishes up fresh dose of chaos aimed at May and the Londoners, and this is great. Because Trump, you know, I love how the president just kind of just starts to mess with people when they start to mess with him. And he'll he'll be as disruptive as, as you are when you're messing with him. So he basically left the NATO gatherings in Brussels, moved on to Britain. And, of course, I think they're flying the – the big balloon with Trump as a diaper guy, and, and and the Londoners are all protesting, and they are all you know in a state of like like we give a rip what they think about the United States or for that matter Donald Trump, and because we spent a lot of blood and treasure getting away from these people, <laughs> uh, you know we I don't know whether the Brits for, have forgotten about all this, but we didn't like them. 
I mean, we like the. I mean, they're our allies now, obviously, and and we appreciate what many of their soldiers have done for us over in our skirmishes over there in Iraq, Afghanistan, and beyond. So I don't want to. I don't want to diminish uh, their role uh, in helping our military. But but most of these people are uh, basically offshoots and uh, DNA from people we wanted dead. I don't know. I don't think in they a loving way. It. Yeah, in a loving way. <laughs> uh, there's probably somebody holding an anti-Trump sign whose great, 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 great uncle or grandfather was one of the troops that the British Crown quartered in the homes of American patriots, or or one of those British soldiers. Some of them, their their great, 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 great grandfather burned down the White House in 1812. Just remember that when you see all these people with their signs, if you if you have 70 of them, there are probably three of them, four, maybe five or six that are that, that are that have blood relatives that would rather have had you under <laughs> British rule. Now I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up at one of these protests and have a sign there that says never forget hashtag 1812. Yes. Or never forget hashtag seventeen seventy six. Right, I'll do it. Believe me, look at some of these people and their rotting teeth, and you'll know that some of their relatives uh, imposed a stamp tax on the colonies somewhere along the line. They supported that. Just so you know, just remember that. Never forget. <laughs> never forget. That'd be great. That's a good idea, man. That's a good idea. So anyway, he uh, basically blamed uh, Theresa May, blamed the London mayor for terror attacks on the city, said that Europe was losing its culture because of immigration. I don't know whether he said losing its culture because of immigration. In fact, I, I know for a fact he didn't say it was because of immigration. It was because of unfettered and uncontrolled immigration illegal yes or i don't know what their immigration laws are in these countries but the bottom line is they're allowing these people to swarm across the border that's what he said is the reason why they're losing their culture and i will tell you just as a matter of a, a point of of interest here that that one of the reasons why for instance germany and one of the reasons why now France and even for that matter Britain, their cultures are so watered down. I mean, for instance, Germany has become so secularized these days. Like, like, like it used to be a very religious country uh, with churches everywhere, and they had and they and they were religious people. Now uh, their whole faith culture has dissipated, went wandered away. Germans, if you happen to go on a bus tour or something uh, in Germany, they'll constantly be apologizing for the Holocaust. That that's what they do. They 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 will constantly apologize for that because it's a it's a source of of huge national shame uh, for them. Which is why, for instance, they they really shy away from being nationalistic because nationalism to them represents a bad time in their history. So what happened? 
the people who are of the more radical Muslim faith will go in much like a fungus goes into a rotting tree. And and that's where and if you and I'm again I'm not trying to trash Islam. I'm not saying anything uh terrible about the religion or whatever it happens to be, but there are some people, especially the foreign Muslims, it's it's their stated goal to take over. Well in Germany they have Turkish pride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's their stated goal to transform everybody into Muslims. That's kind of like what the deal is. That's kind of how they operate. That's the that's one of the basics of Islam is to spread it and basically take over. And so they do that in many of these countries that have weakened themselves culturally, who are ashamed of themselves, who no longer attach themselves to their faith and elements of their culture that made them great. And so that's why, for instance, why do you think you don't have the same problem in Poland? Or or some of these other Eastern Bloc countries, for that matter. Why do you think you don't have uh, the, the situation in Poland? Well, because Poland has a huge source of national pride. Their their religion is deep, deep mostly Catholic, but, uh, but 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 so their their faith elements of their culture are hugely strong. And again, they're not prejudiced and they're not intolerant and they're not xenophobic. They're just proud of who they are. And they're proud enough to have immigration standards that just don't allow people to just simply uh infiltrate them and take over all their things and stuff. And you know who else has a similar kind of national pride? Mexico. Did Absolutely. you know that? Absolutely. Mexico's immigration laws are some of the toughest in the world. In order to get into Mexico, you have to prove that you have a job. You have to prove that you actually uh, are somebody who will contribute to their society. I guarantee you, if we adopted the same laws, the same immigration laws as Mexico, there would be mass outrage in this country. They haven't seen anything. They'd call you know what they would call you if you were white and you wanted to and, and you adopted Mexico's uh, immigration laws. They'd call you a racist. They'd call you a racist. So just just saying, uh, but that's why uh, that has helped Mexico maintain much of its culture and its cultural aspects. Obviously, there are certain parts of it that are just basically uh, hell holes. But yeah, that's what happens. So that's why, for instance, the, the people in Europe, that's what Europeans sometimes, I'll give you another example. Why is it that Germany has more of a problem than Italy. Now, Italy, on some of its coastal areas, does have a little bit of a problem with some of the uh, uh, migrants who have just simply teamed across the border and are now uncontrolled. But why do you think Germany has so much of a problem where, where the Germans can't even now wear swimming suits without being leered at or where they can't have even a New Year's Eve celebration where white German girls aren't groped and raped by a bunch of migrants 
from heaven knows where on a regular basis, and that doesn't happen in Italy. Why do you think that is? Well, the answer is pretty easy. First of all, the Italians would there wouldn't be a there wouldn't be a horse with a head anywhere in Italy if they had their way with these people nope. who are causing problems over there. But Italy is a hugely nationalistic, prideful country. And they have standards and they have laws, and they're not ashamed of who they are in Italy, where I'm going, by the way, tomorrow. I'll be there by this time. Let's see. No. I don't know when I'll be there. I, I, I'll, let's see. It's 7.51 now. I take off uh, to Detroit at about 11, Detroit to Paris, and I'll be in Paris at about uh, – Five in the morning, Paris time. I don't even – is it five in the morning? I don't know. I don't know. And then I fly to Florence from Paris. But anyway, uh, Italy is, is a very nationalistic country, and they have a lock on many of their immigration laws. And so there's a big difference. What about France? France is the same way. For, I mean, how do you, you know, the French, though, this is like part of who they are. Like, I, I, I love, France is beautiful, by the way. I've been there, and Paris is beautiful, and Provence is beautiful, and so I'm not bashing. But the French, there's a reason why they were rolled over so easily in World War II. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, 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 we had to go and help them. Let's put it that way. Because, <laughs> but we had to go and kind of save them from from the Nazis. But 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 they they have not traditionally been a country that has stood up for itself. No, only the Jerry Lewis. They stand up for Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But but I'm just saying, and for, the French have a huge problem, and they have for a long time though, uh, and that's. Uh, an issue, but but there's a difference. You get, just look at the countries that don't have rampant illegal immigration or rampant takeovers of their cultures, and compare them to the countries that do, and you'll see that the thing that separates them is national pride. That's 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 the bottom line. And there's so there's a reason, and the Italians would would. Would never put up with any garbage. Would you, give me a thirty, if you could, thirty second history on what was it between Germany and Turkey, and why Turkish citizens have pretty much, I hear, are taken over Germany. What well, happened in Turkey? And I'm forgetting. I, 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 well, I think they're, I think they're Turkish Muslims. Okay, there's a huge Christian element in Turkey that actually is still in Turkey. Okay. But 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 they're also kind of next door technically, yeah. and that's probably that's probably one of the reasons why. Okay. Any other questions? No, thank you, okay. Mister Allman. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> By the way, uh, I don't know. Just, did you see this uh, talcum powder verdict in St. Louis? I mean, this is this was huge. So a jury awarded. To a bunch of different people, five hundred and fifty million dollars in damages, four point one four billion dollars in punitive damages in a lawsuit against Johnson and Johnson over the claims that its talcum powder caused ovarian cancer in women who used 
these products for years. I'm just reading from the post here. The trial began June 4 in St. Louis Circuit Court. Had 22 plaintiffs making claims against the company. And so what the jury did was basically award $25 million to every family who sued. Wow. Including six plaintiffs who sued on behalf of relatives who had since died. Uh, the jury then agreed to $3.15 billion in punitive damage against them. And this is a pretty big case because apparently they say that the talcum powder uh, caused ex- by exposure to asbestos. So there was somehow asbestos in the uh, asbestos in the talc itself. Oh, man. And, and in fact, the problem with the thing that, that, that basically did them in was there was uh, – Johnson & Johnson in the 70s was told by some experts that they're like, you know, um, let have a little bit of asbestos in there. So there was a, uh, a report there. You know, the company claimed it did not contain asbestos, but uh, the folks had this report and they did say, hey, uh, you know, we think that they do. And they were, and it's because that report said that they were told that's apparently what did them in. Now, Johnson and Johnson said, no, these products do not contain asbestos, do not cause ovarian cancer. And so we're going to definitely appeal all this. Every verdict against Johnson & Johnson, this is Johnson Johnson saying this, in this court that has gone through the appeals process has been reversed. And the multiple errors present in this trial were worse than those in prior trials, which have been reversed. And the lead plaintiff's counsel said basically they need to pull all this from the market and and get rid of it. And this is a landmark case but here's the other problem though it is in the city of st louis it's in circuit court i don't know why it didn't wind up in federal court i i'm i'm almost positive the members the, the people who are being sued were from another state so i don't know i don't know why it wound up actually in circuit court instead of federal court cuz johnson johnson's located in New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and basically Johnson Johnson is saying that this basically was all science for hire. They just got a guy in there to basically say, you know, this stuff had asbestos and this is ball this caused this. But I'm not quite sure. I don't know. The St. Louis City jury. Uh, I don't think this is going to, you know, uh, I don't think this is going to stay the way this is. But I don't know why it wasn't in federal court. I was actually one time on a federal jury in a product liability case. And, in fact, I was reminded of that because one of the plaintiff's attorneys, Lenny Cervantes, uh, recently passed away. Really good guy. And I think he he was the one who wanted me on the jury. I guess I, I was I worked for Channel 4 at the time. I tried to get out of this jury duty. 
because I was a reporter and, you know, had to remain unbiased. And, you know, I, I, th- I thought because I was a reporter, I could escape jury duty, but I couldn't. Hmm. So I was on a federal jury in a case against Evenflow uh, car seat manufacturers. And, and and so I think Lenny, uh, bless his heart, uh, wanted me on the jury. He probably, he probably thought because I was uh, a reporter that I was liberal and would just, you know, automatically have, I guess, what, some kind of compassion or whatever for somebody injured because of a, a product defect. You were very familiar with these type of stories, he thought. Yeah, yeah. Pr- probably. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he wanted me to be on the um, – on the jury, but uh, yeah, Vicky points out wasn't an excuse because of jurisdiction at one time. Yeah, I think you know, I, I think that Johnson Johnson can make the claim that this did not this belonged in federal court, not uh, not circuit court. But anyway, I was on this jury. This was 1996, and it was a it was a lawsuit against Evenflow car seats because of a certain bracket on the car seat that the plaintiffs deemed was defective. And so they put the and, – and they said that because of the defect in the bracket that would uh, keep the straps together, that this baby flung forward and hit its head and, and on the seat in front. And, and, and then he flung forward in a, in a, when there was a sudden accident – uh, a fender bender, and they, the family maintained that the um, the child was permanently injured because of the defection in the even flow car seat. So I'm on the jury. They tried to make me, uh, hey, uh, Patrice, how you doing? Listening from Dallas, Texas. All right. Uh, they, they tried to make me foreman. I don't know why they did that. At one point, and I didn't want—I didn't want that on me. I didn't want to be on the jury to begin with because it felt like you know. But then they wanted me to be a foreman. I, I wasn't the foreman, so I begged off on that. So there are a couple of problems with with the case. And Lenny Cervantes, by the way, is a is a very was a very good attorney and a good guy. And, and so I, I I'm not. But but his death reminded me of this case, and now this talcum powder case reminds me of it. So there are a couple of problems with though the the case presentation. Uh, one is we never saw the victim. <laughs> we never saw the 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 damages. The kid. The damages, in essence, right? Right. Yeah. We we never we never saw the kid, and and so that was that was a, a, a lingering problem for those of us on the jury is they never presented us. They they presented us with medical reports on the person. But we never actually saw the the supposed victim of the car seat defect. That's interesting. Now, do you think that was a? Do you think that's a too much to ask? No, not at all. In fact, um, okay. So anyway, odd. it's odd. It's odd. So we never saw the victim, and then one guy, they did. And speaking of, they did have a guy from Germany. Which was a uh, and and I'm not quite. He was like a German uh, expert on injuries and things like that. And this is where and and, and they used 
in Germany at one time they used real live well they weren't alive but they used bodies like corpses in 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 testing car crash results like some people use crash test dummies right they use like bodies oh wow like people whose bodies were donated to science and stuff they used bodies of people <laughs> not to get too graphic but how they get them out of the rigor mortis state that's ooh okay anyway i'm just saying yeah so it was really weird so this this expert they had on was really kind of creepy i thought right but they're expert but 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 here's where it really this is what really did them in uh, is uh, the there's a guy uh, an attorney in town Ron Willenbrock he's a uh, defense attorney and he and he does a lot of these cases so we're sitting there one day in this trial and it's the defense's turn to go ahead and and present their case and we all are walked in and we sit down and we see half of a car in the middle of the room. Like half of a real car that, 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 that had been basically a real car sawed in half. Down the middle? Down, yes, like down the middle. Front to back? Yes. Okay. But, the, but it was only the rear part and it was half the car. Okay. So everybody could see the inside of the car. And the person who put the child in the car seat was the dad that day of the accident. And so I'll be darned if the defense team didn't ask in the middle of the courtroom, they asked the dad to put the car seat in just the way he did that day. Oh, boy. And he put it in wrong. Yep operational error he put the car seat in the wrong way and of course uh i believe that they wouldn't have that was a pretty big gamble that the defense team made that's telling oj to put the glove on yeah but that that was a that was a pretty big gamble that they they made but they had to know they had to have known something probably from their uh, depositions or whatever it happened to be, they probably knew something about this guy putting the car seat in wrong. Right. So there, it was the defense that had this car. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. The defense of even right. flow. Yeah. yeah. They, they had the car in there and I, I think what I, I can't remember whether or not, yeah, the car was in there already. I was trying to figure out whether they, not they wheeled it in or whatever. But if somehow they got this damn thing in the middle of the courtroom. But, man, he put that car seat in wrong, and that was the end of uh, the story. For, for us on the jury, for most of us on the jury, at that point, once you put the car – because even Flo maintained that this bracket is, was not defective, uh, even though here's – the, here's the problem, though. It was presented to us in the courtroom that they, they – since changed the bracket after mm. that, but that's not evidence that the bracket was defective. They, but they did change it after a while, right? So, so that so that that was the one thing that was really kind of a problem for us in the meantime, in between the time we before we saw the car cut in half thing play you, out. Say they changed it. 
not so much as a result, but I recall in 82, Johnson & Johnson dealt with the Tylenol issue out of yes. Chicago. But I don't remember if a class action made them, quote unquote, change the bottle cap or if they, oh, we're going to change it anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, well, remember. it's kind of the same thing with the whole, with the Q-tip, Q-tip uh, controversy. There was a Q-tip court case here. Uh, where they maintained that you know somebody had like lost their hearing because of a Q-tip, right? And the uh, the somebody and and Q-tip and somebody sued Q-tip, and Q-tip maintained that yeah, but we've never intended it to be an inner ear thing. It's supposed to we the directions clearly state it's an outer ear thing, and yeah. so I don't know whether they changed the directions or whatever. Anyway, so. That's what they had Betty White. They that's when they the results what they had Betty White with the TV commercial campaign. The only thing you should put in your ear is your elbow. Yeah, right. Yeah, from Q-tip. So I, I think that decision was overturned as well. But they were they were they were sued and and it cost them a lot. So anyway, uh, they had, is there, are we having problems with the audio in this case? Listening and gosh, and Michael Meyer. In Gushin, Massachusetts, he remembers the even flow case. So anyway, uh, so by after the after the guy, the dad put the car seat in wrong. The the case was immediately sunk for most of us on the jury, and so we basically went into deliberations, and it was pretty clear to most of us. There's one person on the jury who. That still didn't sway them, but we were all like, "This is we're gonna we're gonna totally rule against the plaintiff here and in favor of even flow." After all this, how long? How long did it take for you guys to? I don't know. We were probably you know three hours or something like that. Because because you know where it was hung up. Because even though we were gonna rule against the plaintiffs on this and not give them a dime, people wanted to give them like. A little bit of money. Well, can't we just give them like $5,000 or something? And we're telling this person like, no, because even if you gave him like 25 cents, you're basically saying the product is defective. It has, it has lifelong effects on the company when you do that. So yeah. you can't just give them five. What are you giving them $5,000 for? It's be all or nothing. Yeah, it's got to be and, all or nothing. And that's a conversation before court probably. Well, if they wanted to settle or not. Yeah. And, not and, you. And I and I I think they did actually I, I think they did want to settle. At one point, even Flo, I think, offered to settle the case, but I can't remember and I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to put uh words in their mouths, but uh So are these deliberations are they like what they're portrayed in the movies? Like like twelve angry men. Well, but there's, <laughs> I mean, there is. I mean, there is some contention there. I mean, we're we're like. I mean, we've we've got to tell the person. Uh, you know, uh, why why are you? Why would you want to give them any money? And so there were people who who thought we were being cruel because we weren't giving the the family a dime. But the fact of the matter is, if we did give the family any amount of money, it would show that the car seat was defective, and the car seat was not defective. Bottom line, baby. That's just how it works. Yeah. We're live from the Discovery Design Studio, discoverydesigninc.com, for all of your truck and hauling needs, baby. I want to turn back 
Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. Don't forget, we have the brand new colors available in the tanks and beyond, so you can love them. Gia Valenti is the one who suggested maybe a different color other than the blue. She said, was the blue just something you guys are stuck to, or is that the deal? And, hey, Chuck, thanks, buddy. Like He's liking this song, baby. This actually, it sounds like Ella Fitzgerald, Chuck, but it's Etta James, actually. I'm sure Ella probably hit this song once or twice herself, but yeah. So, what was I just talking about? Johnson & Johnson, prior to the song? I can't remember what I was just talking about. Oh, the, the, tea, the tanks. Thanks for nothing. Oh, yeah. So, the G was wondering, is, is the blue your... Your color, and we're like, not really. So we asked uh, Julie uh, Golomsky over there at JAG whether or not they actually had other colors, and boom, instantly we have the, it's, I don't know what the white is called. It's not like stark white. And then we also have the uh, military green type of color too. So if you want a new tee, different color, you got it. Gia, thanks for the suggestion. It was awesome. Appreciate you very much. Coming up, Doug Giles from ClashDaily.com. If my uh, my power stays on my computer, I, I got I didn't you know I have my c- computer cord for my Apple right, but but I but I can't the, that little cube. Yeah, I unplugged my computer last night, but apparently had the left the little cube back. Adam to the rescue! Oh no, kidding! Yeah, he's got his, he just walked in with his. And- what does that fit for the new Apple though? That's what I was going to check for you, just real fast. That's okay. Hickory, dickory, dock. Hickory. Oh no, no, no. That's old school. We were hoping. I know, man. Thank you. So you know what I could use though? I could use that little thing there. Oh yeah, this right? Yeah, I'll use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I can't though. Because still, yeah, no. Never mind. Sorry, man. Yeah, I've learned over the years with that to just have one for that particular spot. So one for the office, one at home, one there, and over the years it oh, required. Oh, so, so just keep one here. So I've never, never uh, hurt by that. That's what I've learned to do the hard way. Why, that's a fabulous idea there, Steve. <laughs> Gia says it's white marble. Okay, yeah, that's white marble white. right there. Uh, yeah, so those are available to you right now. Appreciate that very much. And then as I wanted to remind you, too, uh, that so if my power stays on, Doug, I'm at 34% now. So I, th- I, was, at, uh, I was at 100% when the, when the morning started, but so I'm at 34%. I'm at 86. I guess I, I, guess I could, okay, I guess I could call you of Skype over there? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Well, then, then, then you'll, well, but you don't have a plug-in. 
We need it. So anyway, I'll figure it out. Well, okay. don't worry. I'm not going to worry before we have to worry. You know what I'm saying? Right. Why do that? It does no good. It does no good to worry about things that haven't happened yet. So anyway, and then we, we will also then be dark for the next week and a half. I'll be back on Thursday, the 26th of July, going over to Italy, uh, leaving tomorrow. So uh, I'll be back, and we're just going to keep it dark. We're going to make some changes. And then by the end of August, we're going to kind of have a new set. We're going to have all kinds of different things. We're going to have phones so you can call into the show. We're going to have the multi-camera shoot that you're seeing here as well. And our sponsorships continue to build, by the way. Uh, I had a conversation with my guys over at uh, Golden Oak uh, Lending, great. who are going to be uh, supporters of the show, which is great. Those guys at Golden Oak are fantastic. And so I appreciate them very much. Don't forget, too, that the uh, – did my live did the live stream go off again? The Facebook went off. Facebook went off. Oh, Facebook went off? Because, uh, they didn't like our, our jam that you were doing. The Etta James jam? The Etta James jam. Yeah, man. What the hell? It took a long time, too, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, but but it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get back on the Facebook feed. But, I mean, it's just Etta James. How can they I, – did, did I play the song that long? I really didn't, did I? And you talking over it. Gee whiz. Well, we're gonna, I'm going to try to get everybody back on eventually, and then we can, um, we can, we can get it uh, – we can get it back on. I don't know what I don't know what's going on with that. So, uh, but but they they're boy they are absolutely just uh, tyrants. Tyrants when it comes to all this, it's crazy. We have the link up there too, um, up there uh, to to the to the deal. Did you guys ever did you guys ever print out that thing for me on the uh, on the um, on, on the Alzheimer's event? Okay. Yeah, because you guys wanted me to talk about that. I do appreciate that. Yeah, and I, I, I want to be able to do that. So Saturday, yeah, JB, JB put out a thing. It says, Saturday, uh, some of my favorite people will be performing in our The Longest Day event at ALZ, hashtag ALZ Memory Sessions live at Gaslight. Please consider donating to help not only raise awareness but assist Alzheimer's Association's Greater Missouri chapter in supporting families dealing with it. So it's going to be um, at Gaslight, and it's going to be a uh, – you can donate. Their, their goal is $1,600. They're already at 640 bucks. So I put that up on the uh, Radio Free Almond Facebook page for you guys to check out, and so you can um, – Check it out there. So now we are uh, back live on Facebook, and so want to make sure you guys know all about that. I guess is this is this uh, JB helped uh, write this story, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, write this song that, that that this guy's playing here. His name is uh, Gavin M. Gavin Music at Gavin Music, and it's a, it's a um, it's a, a song. It's pretty good actually. Here, it's uh, Don't Forget Me. You want to hear it? Here, listen to this. He's going to pull me off for this one. 
It's for the uh, Alzheimer's Association here of Greater Missouri. Gavin M. J.B. Anderson helped to write this song. Pretty good. So he'll be performing this one uh, at the event tomorrow. Perform this live uh, tomorrow, so check it out. We've got all the info up there on the uh, on the Facebook page. Did you, by the way, Stevie, see this uh, story about uh, Stormy Daniels? And this is this is the this is a a, a uh, fairly interesting bit. First, you heard Stormy Daniels was initially arrested that for basically putting her breasts in the face of people at a Columbus, Ohio strip club. Now, you guys know I don't have any love lost for Stormy Daniels. This thing against Trump is a bunch of crap, and I think she's lying, and I, I don't have anything to see her as being a credible person. But she was at the strip club, and apparently there are four or five undercover police officers at a, at a strip club. First of all, uh, that they don't belong there. <laughs> police officers don't belong at a strip club trying to bust people for doing whatever they're doing at a strip club. How long has this place been open? Long time. Yeah. Long time. And it was her first appearance at this place called Sirens in Columbus. And she was arrested, handcuffed, everything, after uh, police uh, were watching her put her breasts in the faces of men and women who were at the strip club. Now, apparently what happened is uh, the police now, after arresting her, the prosecutors now have they, they've they've dropped the charges against her. We up? Oh, uh, okay. Up. It's just it's choppy. Side, oh, the fa- the Facebook pages. Yeah, it's just being choppy for some reason. It's not. I mean, we got good internet. We got good everything. I don't know what the deal is. I'm just trying to see if I can figure it out. So prosecutors have dropped the charges against her now, and they said that uh, basically she was set up. And that the police have now admitted that they made an error in arresting Stormy Daniels for this. Prosecutors said they were dropping the case because Ohio's law against physical contact between strippers and customers applies only to someone who regularly performs at the club, not for someone who is like a special guest star. Oh. Which is kind of odd though it's an odd law anyway they always have a it's what i'm told that these places often have special guest stars yeah that's what i hear the lawyers uh for stormy daniels were kind of curious about this in the in the beginning because they say some of the officers who were involved had apparently had like pro-trump social media pages 
Hmm. And Michael Avenetti, the lawyer, put screenshots out uh, of what he claimed was the Facebook page of one officer uh, with a pseudonym and was asking people to help confirm whether or not that was the officer because that was their that was their claim is that these officers were biased. But the but the fact of the matter is the prosecutor is now saying that the the people did not have the did not know properly how to how to put this law in action and therefore were uh, wrongly applying the law to her. Should it go long way down the road before they said, oops, sorry, and through a lot of people? Uh, yeah, it did. And again, I don't I don't have I don't particularly like Stormy Daniels or anything, but I like uh, justice. And I think that there's a little bit of a it looks like, look, to me like harassment element here. And man, now that the prosecutors have dropped the charges saying they wrongly applied the law, Stormy Daniels is fairly litigious. And Michael. Yeah. They're attorney. They're pretty litigious. They're going to be probably going after these police officers. You know it. And, and I'm not quite sure. You know, here's the thing. And sometimes these police officers are forced to do things or assign tasks that they probably really don't want to do. But I, I don't know whose idea it was to go ahead and, and do this or not. But the, but they're assigned tasks. Uh, and, and, and I think sometimes – some of these police officers who were doing this kind of detail, like, what are we doing here in a strip club? I, I didn't go to the police academy and get earn my badge to be monitoring some person rubbing their breasts in the faces of people. I just it, it just seems almost like not a bigger, job. Bigger problems out there for Columbus to have. Yes, but it, it sounds to me like it would not be a a job that that. Uh, the police would really want to be doing necessarily. But anyway, I, I see the same thing. If, if the police are not are motivated by politics, then it's not something that is uh, defensible and much of the same way that it's not defensible for uh, Peter Strzok to have done what he did. And that hearing yesterday was just uh, unbelievable because it revealed struck to be really somewhat of a monster. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, he was snarky. He was smirky. He was insufferable. He was uh, seemingly uh, acting as if he was so righteous and so uh, untouchable. And the, the clear, Result of this particular hearing, we discovered uh, after it was revealed in the hearing, and I didn't actually know this, although I think that it was insinuated, nine out of the 16 people who are currently assigned, okay, this is, Strzok has already left, so he's already gone from the investigation, and, and why he was on this team anyway, you have to know that these guys that it was well known that these guys hated Trump. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the idea that none of them knew anything about the other guys is ridiculous. And Strzok was the one who was directly involved in the investigation of Hillary. And lo and behold, Hillary is exonerated. Like I said earlier, with the traffic ticket, 
you get vetted out through a law firm and investigators and police and a judge if there's a conflict over you having a traffic ticket. But they can't vet this out for conflict of interest with probably one of the most important investigations in decades. Yes. And and, and that's nine of the 16 of these individuals currently working – on this investigation regarding the president, nine of the 16 have given thousands of dollars to not only Democrats, but also to Hillary Clinton. And, and these are the people who are still on the team, still on the Mueller team. Nine of the 16 have donated thousands of dollars to Hillary Clinton and to Democrats and zero to President Trump, to the Trump campaign. Zero. Is Facebook still down? Yeah. Zero. I mean, that's inexcusable. And as I said earlier, I compared it to the reporters, uh, like even at the Post-Dispatch. If a reporter at the Post-Dispatch was discovered to have given hundreds of dollars to Claire McCaskill, how do you think that credibility of that reporter would, would play itself out? Right. But how do you think that would go over if a reporter at the Post gave money to a particular candidate? or a, It wouldn't be allowed by even the Post-Dispatch. And, I mean, even I don't give – like, like what, if I, what if I were on the air here and I gave $1,000 to Austin Peterson and zero to anybody else? How would you, how could you possibly see me as being credible in my coverage of the Republican primary? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd you'd, you'd see me as biased, wouldn't you? You you would see me as uh, I wouldn't. I couldn't say, well, uh, come on, everybody has an opinion. Well, maybe, but you would be able to. But you would assess me and my coverage of the Republican primary a lot differently. If you knew that I gave $1,000 to Tony Minetti and no one else, or just name one of the candidates, you, you wouldn't trust me. I mean, especially if I didn't tell you. Right. Now, if I, if I came on here and said, by the way, I gave $1,000 to Cortland Sykes and none to the other people, take, take it for what you will, you would take it for what you will. You, you, would, you would assess me. Oh, there's Allman again talking about Cortland Sykes. He gave him money, and there's him talking about Peter Pfeiffer. He gave him nothing, and so now we know. Then you would question even, you know, then you would start looking at, like, how much time I've been giving each candidate, and you'd wonder whether I gave more time to Cortland Sykes because I gave him $1,000 and little time to Austin Peterson because I gave him nothing. You'd, You'd cast me into incredible doubt. So this idea somehow that, oh, everybody has a, an opinion. Believe me, the, the people on the CNN panel who are reporters saying everybody has an opinion, I bet you a million dollars they're not allowed to contribute to campaigns. Nope. I bet you Wolf Blitzer and these guys who are defending Strzok and saying, oh, people are ha- all have opinions. I bet you that they're not allowed to contribute to campaigns. So this is, this is ridiculous. But anyway, my favorite part of the hearing, of course, was when uh, Trey Gowdy put Peter Strzok directly in his place 
Because Strzok actually went up there in the hearing and I'm sure thought that I know what I'll do. I'll just be like uh, an, an American hero and, uh, you know, oh, hold on a second. Let me, I need to get into my phone here. Um, uh, I, I got to get Doug Giles on. But I'm sure he, he decided to get in there and act as if he was going to be, you know, this – I know. Have you no shame, Senator? You know, and stand up there like he's uh, Jimmy Stewart. You know, Mister Smith goes to Washington, Washington. and I'm sure that Peter Strzok, in his in his weirdness, probably thought that he'd be coming away as some kind of like, you know, uh, I risked my life for this country as a law enforcement officer. How dare you impugn my character? Yeah, he's like, piss off. He walks out with a standing ovation. Parting the crowd like Moses. This is daydream. Bob Mueller did not kick you off because of the content of your text. He kicked you off because of some appearance that he was worried about. My testimony, what you asked and what I responded to was that he kicked me off because of my bias. I'm stating to you it is not my understanding that he kicked me off because of any bias, that it was done based on the appearance. If you want to represent what you said accurately, I'm happy to answer that question, but I don't appreciate what was originally said being changed. I don't give a damn what you appreciate, Agent Strzok. I don't appreciate having an FBI agent with an unprecedented level of animus working on two major investigations during 2016. Yeah, that was awesome. Right. And, and because Strzok sat there and, you know, and, and, and tried to, I, I, if I were you, dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play too hard with a guy like Trey Gowdy. Nope. Because he basically will hand your butt to you in in record time. Let me get Doug on here. Doug Giles, people. Uh, I got to call him on Skype. That's what I got to do. And Trey is absolutely right. It, FBI agents' concern should not be cons, uh, appearance or what he appreciates and it doesn't appreciate from the uh, United States. One job to do. But he's talking about optics and appearance and what people think, don't think, and that I love that Trey just knocked it all down. You had one job. One job! (laughs) All you had is one job. One job to do. Calling Doug Giles on Skype. Pretty groovy. Doug Giles. Doug Giles. Good morning, Doug Giles, you rowdy warrior clash daily.com dude. How you doing, man? I'm none of that, Jamie. I'm a I'm a poor hillbilly. I'm a rube. I'm an anti-intellectual Abyssinian Trump supporter. You understand? Ah, uh, yes. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. I uh, I really uh, absolutely loved this hearing yesterday. It was so weird and twisted, and this Peter Strzok character came across as really spooky to me. And then the deep state reaction to the hearing was even more telling. So uh, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, we're, we're going to put a poll on uh, Clash uh, Daily this morning. Should be up in a couple minutes. And the, the, the poll is, Clash poll, is Peter Strzok full of shit or is he full of shit? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I totally love it, man. I totally love it and, and absolutely get it. <laughs> I, I, and, 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 you know, you're on, you're on the stream and on Facebook, so you can say that. 
Well, I just did, man. <laughs> if people don't, if people, if people don't like it, then they can send uh, uh, their critiques to me at mail at i don't care dot com. <laughs> mail at i don't give up. Exactly. Com. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's, you know what's so great about uh, watching uh, little anal warts like Peter Strzok on on live TV being grilled uh, by people who love uh, uh, truth is that America gets a big eyeful of just how incredibly creepy, narcissistic, and weird you know these leftists are. I like it how I like Jamie when when he said. I mean, it's just it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. I mean, he looked like he was internally combusting. Some of those uh, 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 faces that he oh, was yeah. making were just, pure, were just pure gold. But he said, he goes, I mean, in effect, he's like, when I was bashing Trump voters, I wasn't bashing Trump voters. I'm like, okay, you know? Yeah, I really didn't. I regret those things, but I really didn't say them. And it's like, wait, what? The guy's like, look, like, what, what are you, what are you talking? And 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 you know, it really it's concerns me though. I thought though, you know, what's really surprising. I'm not trying to make generalizations about law enforcement in, in general, but I always thought a lot of guys, most of the guys in law enforcement I know, are pretty common sense conservative guys. They may not be all Republican guys, but they're cert- sure as hell not a bunch of flaming lefties. Well, you know, it goes back to uh, uh, your opening salvo. Uh, Peter Strzok is deep state. These guys aren't normal operatives. Uh, like you said, he doesn't smack of anything that I have ever seen or known in 55 years of anybody that I've remotely bumped into in my uh, worldwide travels of that which rings of law enforcement. This guy's a, a, a twit who lies to his wife. You see James Wood uh, tweet. Uh, he lies. To, I, I love it when they, uh, you know, should they have brought his wife into it and his adultery? It's like, I, I don't know, but, you know, it's definitely entertaining television. Hey, man, you lie to your wife. Why Why do we think, uh, you know, you're telling us the truth right now? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what's so um, amazing about this. I mean, even Comey kind of comes across as that weird kind of bureaucratic just it, I, these guys just seem real, like like every time I see Brennan or Clapper interviewed on TV, I'm thinking, Lord, these are the guys who and, and, and it's like no wonder 9/11 happened. Uh, you know, with the, with these guys running around in law enforcement, no wonder they missed all the signs and everything else. I'll never forget, and people forget too when Clapper goes up there and defends Struck and and, and everything else. People forget that infamous interview with diane sawyer where clapper was the head of u.s intelligence at the time was asked about this london bombing plot foiled and didn't know about it i mean yeah, that was pure gold man but that's who these guys are though and 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 what's and 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 it's it's i was trying to explain to people uh about this idea somehow that because everybody in the news media is saying well people are entitled to their opinions i'm like yeah but would you be allowed anderson cooper to contribute to the campaign of hillary clinton how do what would what do you think that would do to your credibility so this idea somehow that fbi agents people in the justice department somehow cannot be perceived as being biased if they give money to campaigns is ridiculous. 
Yeah, and, and uh, you know, with Trey Gowdy, and I can't remember the guy's name from Texas, shame on me because I'm a Texan, uh, the things that they brought up about Struck, they're saying, so you have no – you had no bias in the in uh, the execution of your work as an FBI agent. No. Uh, well, how come it says right here thirty or fifty thousand text? F Trump. I hate Trump. Trump's the devil. <laughs> uh, and and what's what's so insulting to me is that these these uh, effeminate. He looked effeminate, man. And uh, I mean, just his little Chrissy pursed lips. And he kind of did. His, his, chin up in the air all the time and his little tiss tiss don't you question me don't you go there with me uh i jamie i love that that america got to see that this this is the these are the leftist operatives they hate you they call you hillbillies they say they can smell you and they walk into to walmart uh they want hillary to win by what a hundred million to zero and uh and then they're supposed to be you know, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Listen, if that's the FBI and if he represents them, they ought to change their name to WTF instead of FBI. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, too, that you point out the effeminate nature of this guy. I noticed that, too. I was thinking, wow, this guy obviously uh, is a player of some sort, but I'm looking at him thinking, man, I would, if I saw that guy on the street, I'd be like, who's that little turd ball? I don't know. I'm, I'm just telling. I'm saying. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a dandy man, and uh, and again, he looks like uh, he looked like Zuckerberg, you know, entering in there. It's like, what am I doing here? Why do I have to speak to these people? You know. Yeah, because I've been protected in a in a in a cone of safety, and now all of a sudden, I have to uh, answer these tough and hard questions. Listen, drain the swamp, Trump. I hope Gowdy and everybody uh, uh, has a hold of the big old plunger and gives this guy a big flush down the vortex. I'm, I'll be happy to see them leave. Uh, this is total corruption. It's gross, just like you said, Jamie. It uh, it does it it does not speak uh, to anything we grew up. Not saying that you know there wasn't corruption and, and there's not corruption in law enforcement, but this kind of stuff uh, is a can. Jewelment uh, of the grossest things that all of us Americans hate about anybody in bureaucracy. You can certainly tell that he had zero respect for these people who were questioning him. And I love the fact that he totally overplayed his hand. He clearly has never had a conversation with Trey Gowdy because right. Gowdy basically just dismantled the guy in just a couple of words when 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 struck was talking about how i don't appreciate you uh couching he said i don't give a damn what you appreciate i was like that's awesome <laughs> but you know what but you could tell he had this kind of tone about him and and it's no wonder but it's but you know what's more important about this too doug though is that it's actually pretty frightening that these guys are running around out there that that they have the fate of very important people in their hands, uh, and that's actually terrifying to me. So glad it came out. Yeah, no, we've been on the receiving end of, of the government's wrath, and when they want to, you know, uh, when after the Acorn investigation, bro, they came after us, uh, back-to-back audits, uh, <laughs> yeah. all kinds of red tape and uh, stuff that we had to jump through just because my daughter 
exposed Obama's claim to fame, uh, given home loans for underage sex slaves from El Salvador. You Man, know? Uh, you know, and, and you know they what? Can't... Go ahead. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, you, you, you look at the meat. This is a lot of this deep state stuff is kind of manifested in the media because I'll never forget when the intelligence community. Remember, they had that big letter talk warning against the election of President Trump and all these people signed it. I think Hayden was even on there. But but they but they 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 signed this long letter. Uh, and then, then we had this. The, remember the seventeen different intelligence agency stories. And then every time somebody doubted the veracity of their information, you heard uh, the news media or others say these people have been lifelong servants and risked their lives for Americans uh, for decades. I mean, you heard the same old stuff, and uh, you almost heard the same stuff from Peter uh, from Struck yesterday. But this is the big lie. We're supposed to keep our mouths shut and the and the media aids and abets that as you could see by cnn wanting for instance um info wars to go south i mean boy thank goodness that we have a voice because man these people would run amok well that's uh the more reason you know for and i know this sounds like a chance uh to to listen to your show and uh to, and to go to ClashDaily.com and, and, and read our reports, because uh, if you turn on CNN, you're not going to hear about any of this stuff that we're talking about. It's going to be a, a pure stream of uh, washed and propagandized uh, bovine scatology that's going to come forth from that fount. And, uh, and it all goes back to we the people, man. We've got to keep, uh, first of all, we've got to uh, you know, speak the truth to ourselves, and then we've got to do it to our local governments. And then we got to do it to uh, the people inside the Beltway, and uh, you know they're they're not our bosses; they're elected people. We need to stay rowdy. We need to raise hell. Uh, not talking about violence like the left does, no. but uh, we need to. You know, when, when we see something, uh, <laughs> whether it's a terrorist about to light a shoe on fire while you're sitting in commercial Spirit Airlines, just trying to get from one place to another, we need to say something. And, we, we, and when we see a Peter Strzok, when we see a Jim Comey, when we see uh, the likes of a Barack Obama or Hillary, or even if Trump all of a sudden starts going rogue and starts overreaching and uh, blowing off the separation of powers, uh, we need to speak out against it. We never should go on autopilot. We never you know, should you know, just kick our heels back. You know, this experiment self-government governance demands that, that we fight for our right to party. And uh, listen, if this thing goes to hell, uh, you can't blame and I can't blame anybody but myself if I didn't publish, if I didn't speak, if I didn't write, and if you didn't uh, do your show, man. You know, that's yeah. why we do it. You know, people think, oh, you're just narcissistic. You want to be a somebody. It's like, no, I want to preserve this nation so I can hand it off to my grandson uh, better than I received it. So that's that's why I'm a pain in the ass, and that's why the little voices don't stop in my head and the books come out. Right on. And it's also why, as hard as they try, they're still not going to break us, even overseas when they try to have their, as you point out at ClaireStaley.com, they had tried to have their anti-Trump rally. Barely anybody came to the thing. It was like, you know, uh, so so we have an opportunity to uh, to seize back any kind of uh, control these people are trying to take away, and because the the, the writing's on, we'll do it in our elections. Uh, we'll we notice the weakness of these people overseas, and so we're there. One of the cool things about what Doug's doing now, 
Because uh, I'm seeing this already with Facebook. I remember a while back you warned me, don't be too dependent on Facebook. Because I, we've already seen like how Facebook says, we have new rules now to announce coming into the election. We have a new truth meter that we are going to be using. And, and, you know, and you know they're, just, they're not going to let or they're going to try not to let 2016 happen again in 2020. So they're so because because we basically they basically were were I think outgamed by people on social media who used it to help even get President Trump elected. They're not going to help that happen again. So what Doug has come up with, folks, and and what we're working on together, and ultimately we'll we'll have a bunch of different people involved, is an entirely different platform. Because if you create your own platform, as you point out, Doug, then uh, then they nobody can unplug it. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna siphon off. Uh, you know, we've got what 1.2 million on one of our uh, Clash Daily uh, fan pages. We got a couple more pages. I think we're right at two million uh, followers, but they don't follow. They can't follow us as arduously as they used to because Facebook doesn't allow their stuff into their feed, and then they they make the the, the follower jump through all these uh, pain in the ass hoops uh, to see our news show up in their Facebook feed. And a lot of people are doing that, but you know what? After they uh, after they put the thumb screws to our reach uh, that we paid for, by the way, uh, we're paying like. Eight to ten thousand dollars a month to extend our reach on Facebook, and they're like, "Yeah, come here, give us your hard-earned uh, drachmas, and we will increase the reach of Clash Daily." And then they didn't, and then they shadow banned us, and then they, uh, you know, block us from uh, being on people's news feed. Uh, we have to constantly fight, you know, them labeling. They they labeled a post that we did of Melania Trump uh, versus Michelle Obama just in regards to like their, their uh, rhetoric, had nothing to do, didn't show any breast or legs or butt or anything like that. They labeled it porn. Oh, no. And they threatened to, yeah, they, and they threatened to completely unpublish uh, our page with 1.2 million people. And I was like, can you please explain to me there's, <laughs> there's, there's no pornographic images, uh, there's, there's uh, no... Uh, um, pornographic words there's nothing vile in this post at all how in the hell is this labeled porn oh it's our mistake but you know what if i didn't fight it if i didn't see it in my inbox you know who knows what would happen you know and that's just that's just a that's just a tidbit of the stuff that facebook does and thank god you know we got in front of Rand paul a couple weeks ago and stephen king our chief operating officers did and uh we're showing them this is insane bias and uh, and it's not happening for websites on the left. It's all conservative stuff. It's the same kind of crap that Lois Lerner and the IRS did to uh, uh, Tea Party organizations uh, with their insane audits and hoops that they made them jump through. And you know what? It took a while for that to crap to get exposed, uh, but it finally did. And that's my hope for Clash Daily. However, I mean, you're right. In the meantime. Kiss my side, uh, uh, social media people. We're going to create our own platform and have our own content, and we have this thing called our own mailing list with three hundred thousand people on it that you can't touch. Yeah, we, you know, it's weird you just mentioned that because our Facebook feed just ended. So you, you, you probably uh, is, is it still up? Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at my thing. It says live feed has ended, but I guess not. I thought maybe they pulled you off, Doug. We're still up. 
Oh, we are okay. I thought I, it says right here live feed. Who know? Who the hell knows? But anyway, this is going to be cool. Uh, and I've been in contact with your buddy Dell and some of these other guys. So I'm 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 working on getting involved in that, Doug. And uh, I appreciate you, man, uh, a lot. And you guys are. This is how you do it. You got to just keep. The, and this isn't underground. This is just a different format, you know. And uh, Clash Daily TV. And so nothing's going to stop us there. We're 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 on the way. By the way, one post I think that really you made on ClashDaily.com, which is really important to note, uh, because we've tried to make these historical references to governments that ban guns. And and we we knew it when uh, when the Soviet Union when 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 they said hey turn in your guns everybody and people did and then suddenly they went out and Stalin went out and killed them all same thing that happened in Nazi Germany and you have a post that's really somebody ought to flag and keep and pin is the Venezuela post about how Venezuela banned guns what in 2012. Yeah, and uh, the BBC reports, and BBC is no fan of guns, but they make the case for gun ownership. Uh, 2012, it says Venezuela bans private gun ownership. Yay! Uh, 2018, fast forward, uh, June 22nd, Venezuelan crisis. UN says security forces kill hundreds of people. Hello. You know, the only I saw a movie once, I can't remember what it was, where the only people who had guns were uh, the Army and the police, and uh, it didn't work out that well. Gosh, the title escapes me. Oh, yeah, it's called Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Well, you know, send that to David Hogg. Hey, David, see this? They gave up their guns. You know what? Uh, pixie dust and, and unicorns didn't... <laughs> didn't come and fill the country. What came was a bunch of thuggish police uh, operators that ended up killing hundreds, if not thousands, of Venezuelans. And yeah. uh, I watched The Patriot the other night with Mel Gibson, and oh my God, man, is is that a great movie to watch, uh, I'd say at least uh, every six months, because that's how our nation was founded. That's how it's going to keep free. Listen, I don't, I don't want to bother anybody, but... You know, OMG, man, don't tread on me. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. Well, I, I appreciate you, Doug. I'm going to be uh, – I'm, I'm heading over to Italy tomorrow. Uh, That's for, a shame. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, my, my in-laws celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. So everybody's – I'm headed over there by myself. Everybody's already over there. And so I'll, I'll be – I won't be here next week, but the following week we'll, we'll get you back on, and, and we'll also probably have some more news about Clash Daily TV too. So – uh, keep up the fight, yeah. brother. You bet. Hey, uh, uh, tell uh, George Clooney in the mall hello, and maybe you could um, uh, you know, change his bandages on his knee where he wrecked on his scooter after hitting <laughs> a Mercedes going 50. Man, I got to tell you, though, I don't know what I was – I was just thinking about this when I saw the video. I was thinking, Clooney, you know, I don't know what he's eating or whatever else, but uh, it didn't look like that was – you're going to walk away from something like that, but he did. Oh, who rides a – who rides a scooter? And plus, it's you know, it's George Clooney, man. Get something. Get a Harley. You know, yeah, right. they need the business. Get a nice Indian or Triumph or something. Freaking scooter. How European of him. I bet he has a European uh, man clutch also. Uh, yeah, probably in, in a scarf. <laughs> All right, brother. Clash, right on, brother. ClashDaily.com, and I'll see you in two weeks, brother. Yep, stay ready. Thank you, you too. Yeah. By the way, I've been in contact. You guys will be happy to know this. 
that I have been in contact with none other than Judge Napolitano. Oh, good. And keep in mind that a lot of these guys with the uh, with the Fox News cannot be on with me because they like Todd Starnes couldn't be on with me because uh, Fox News wouldn't let him. It's a Fox uh, News affiliate agreement, yeah, not but, them as an individual. But Judge Napolitano doesn't have that problem, apparently. Good. Because I reached out to him, he and I have connected, and I said, Judge, I'd love for you to be on Radio Free Almond. Would appreciate that very much. And he goes, you know what? Let's do it. Let's try for when you get back. Great. So there's a good chance I'll be able to have him on uh, the week when I get back. On the, on the, I think it's going to be on the 26th. So um, it'll be – it's great to have Judge Napolitano on. Uh, Eric Bowling and I have been in contact, so I might be getting uh, Eric on there. I'm, I'm on the show. I would love to be able to cross-promote Eric's new show. And, and air it on Radio Free Almond as well. So stay tuned for that. A lot of stuff going on. So I'll be gone a week and a half, but then we're going to come back and then we're going to hit the ground running for uh, the towards the end of August. We're going to have a, it's going to be Radio Free Almond 2.0. Uh, you guys who have been with me, hanging out with us, and have been big supporters of the show and the product, thank you so much for your support up until now. And then when I get back, it's we're just going to kind of take it one full gear further and really get it going but it's but it's because of your support up until now that we've been able to do that so we're amassing our advertisers we're getting people involved uh don't forget uh this weekend i hope you can go and hang out at santino cigars and cocktails right there off of vogel road in arnold great place beautiful place just put up a facebook page of that uh, for uh, pictures from that, I uh, hope you go to Mattress King too. There's open Saturdays for your visitation, but also though Mattress King by appointment only Sunday through Friday. So I want you to check them out. Appreciate them very much. Golden Oak planning to help us out. Appreciate that very much. Uh, Doctor Naputi NaputiWellness dot com. Find out when his uh, Wellness Matters show is going to be airing this weekend on on Radio Free Almond. So make sure you know uh, when when that's going to be happening. And yeah, we're gonna we're gradually uh, building it up. Thank you to Discovery Design. Thank you for the studio, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Hey JB, you come in here, buddy, real quickly, because I want to talk. I, I just played the song from. Is that um, is that Gavin M in the studio back there? Oh, okay. Because I just played. I just played his uh, yeah his song, and we just put we put it up. It's a really great song, man. And yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's 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 pretty special. It's. Uh... It's one of those things that he came in, pitched it, and I immediately was like, "Let's let's do this. Let's do something. Um, we can't we can't pass on this." Yeah, no so. doubt. So you wrote this song. It's called uh, "Don't Forget Me." You you guys co-wrote this song. Gavin was primary. He came uh, in. I worked with him uh-huh. on it, and uh, we 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 knew within probably twenty thirty minutes that uh, it's it's a special song. Yeah, no doubt. So and so tomorrow, how's this going to play out? Yeah, tomorrow we're having a live event um, from six to eight p.m. Here, we've got a number of pre-produced interviews with uh, uh, people associated with Alzheimer's, from patient to caregiver to family member, etc. 
But in between these interviews that we'll be streaming live, uh, we have uh, five artists that are going to be in the studio that are going to be performing songs that are relevant to them and their family member or other that's nice. been affected. So uh, we'll be closing it out with uh, Don't Forget Me. Um, we have special guests coming into play for that particular song. Um, and when we're done, we're going to release it. And uh, a, a large percentage of the proceeds of that song f- in perpetuity will go towards Alzheimer's. Nice. So that's, uh, that's our game plan. Six to eight tomorrow. And then we're, we're, the studio we're in right now that you could see on the Facebook feed, this is where they do all their musical performances. And, and you guys who came to the open house here, well, they open these curtains. And so you're sitting in the, the bar area, right? And then right. you guys feed the music out. To there, and you're watching everybody perform in this in this studio. Yeah, you know the whole concept was based around exposing live art, how it's made, where it's created, and get it out to the people in the purest form. So, um, you know, when musicians practice, they practice one way, but when people are watching, they play a much different way. So yeah. that's really kind of the, the 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 goal of the concept. And you know, St. Louis is loaded with talent, so it was really easy for us to start digging into that and we've we've exposed a whole lot of artists to uh individuals that live here that would have had no idea so it's it's been a lot of fun well and you guys have also there's a tab there uh it's called memory sessions right Uh, and 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 here at gaslight and there's a tab there on the on your page and i've linked everything up on the radio free almond page and you got a donate tab there right you guys have a goal of 1600 bucks you're already at 640 man it's pretty good yeah we're we're gonna exceed it we we have a couple of special guests guests that are contributing that are gonna crush through that number but we're talking about a disease that it's a top six killer in the country and there's not any any cure there's no cure there's no medicine uh, this is a lonely disease on multiple fronts. So, you know, it, it, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it is, two Starbucks, right? Yeah. Go to our page, click on it, toss in 10, uh, because a lot of this money, the majority of the money uh, goes to research, uh, but chunks of it help the family because the family, this is one of those diseases that spreads fast within its community, specifically within the house. Um, and that's what the Alzheimer's of Greater Missouri, they try and balance the spouses, the widows, the caretakers, because you watch these people literally, uh, Spencer from 106.5, right? Yeah. He, he did, he described it perfectly. Alzheimer's is a Russian doll. That person is the same person, but literally over time, those layers get stripped off and ultimately there's nothing left other than just the image of the person. Yeah. It's yeah. a brutal disease. No doubt. And this song is beautiful, by the way, and kind of a, even addresses that idea that, you know, it's still me. But Yeah. You know, it's the, the song, so many songs about Alzheimer's or dementia, is, they're written in the first person. Yeah. And it's just this story about that individual. And what we really wanted to do was connect the dots between a husband and wife. The wife is affected and the husband is, he's frustrated. He's pissed, right? So... The cadence of the song, we wanted to make it a, a kind of a journey where she's going away. There is no stopping that. That's why, you know, she's on, she's going down the river, and you can't stop the flow of the river. Mm-hmm. Alzheimer's is like that river. It's like that stream. So that's that's what we wanted to kind of illustrate that 
it's not a singular person disease. It, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's cancerous on a much different level. All right. Tomorrow, 6 to 8, the memory sessions. Yeah. Come on in. Uh, if you haven't been to Gaslight before, I encourage you to come on down and see because it's beautiful. And it's going to be uh, the new home of the Radio Fuelman 2.0 eventually. Uh, <laughs> we're aiming towards the end of August. J.B. Anderson's been great to us here at Gaslight. So uh, anything you can do, if you're, even if it's not Saturday, come on down and Drink here on yeah. a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, tacos, beers, whatever. whatever yeah, that, you know? exactly. So right. uh, we appreciate Thanks, you, man. Best of luck with the all event. Right, okay, Thank appreciate you. it. And uh, Gavin M., great song, buddy. Really, really nice. And, and that's all up there on the Radio Free Almond p- Facebook page. So, Stephen Church. Thanks, brother. Have a great trip, man. Thank you, buddy. Be Appreciate careful. It. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, you know, they, they tell me that they one of the worst uh, problems you can face over there are pickpockets. It's a pretty far cry from what you got to deal with here sometimes. So, right. You know. Good. Pickpockets. It's like so old school. I know. Yeah. Don't, don't, watch out. Don't get run over by the lamplighter <laughs> <laughs> over there in Italy. So, anyway, it's going to be a ton of fun. I look forward to uh, reconnecting with the family over there now. And uh, again, happy 50th anniversary to my lovely mom and dad in law, uh, Don and Kathy Fellon. So, uh, they, they're making this trip possible. So, we'll be over there and then we'll be back. I'll be back on the air here on the 26th of July, and in the meantime, I'll be doing as much as I can the Facebook Lives there from Italy. It'll be like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon for me, but still morning for you. So I'll see what I, see what I can do in Good. terms of getting the Facebook Lives done. So uh, let me get my – damn it, I always forget about this, this theme music thing. Things are going to be so much easier once we get everything together, which is why I really have appreciated so much people who have uh, have stuck – with me and help me build this whole thing and all of you uh, out there in Facebook land and everything else. uh, It's going to be so much more fun to have a little bit more technological ease in making this happen. You guys have been patient. So if you can imagine uh, this better, it will be. It could be in a creative content flow versus technical and wires, (laughs) Wires. feeds, plugs, plugs. (laughs) Oh, I'll still have my Bed Bath & Beyond lamps, though. Yeah. And our Santino Cigars and Cocktails Light. Aquaphone. Aquaphone, which is Heatphone's girlfriend. And right. a leg lamp. It'll all, be the, it'll all be here on our American flag, but it'll be just in a different kind of way. That's all. I need to get Heatphone back. That was ours. I have it. Oh, good. I do. Good. You want to buy it? How much? <laughs> Again. Have a great weekend, everybody, and see you back here in the studio on the 26th, but I'll be with you on Facebook all throughout. So have a good one, everybody. Thanks again for your support, and thank you to DiscoveryDesignInc.com, Discovery Design for studio sponsorship. So have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you soon.